At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Recording in progress. We are live. Hello. Hello, Alessandro. Gagliardi. Is that the... Gagliardi. Gagliardi. The second silent. We have a, a Gagliardi exit off the freeway that I used to have to take an hour out of town to go uh, to a ninjutsu friend's place to play D&D. And uh, <laughs> I think everyone pronounced it Gilardi. Maybe that's just because the... Uh, I got the, that. I've gotten the, that too. Yeah. I think that's because maybe <laughs> the, the Sky, Skytrain uh, voice, the automated voice would be like, the next stop is... You know, I don't know. Maybe it's... I can't remember what we pronounce it. Some listener in Vancouver is like, it's Gagliardi, dude. And I'm like, okay. My favorite was Galleriety. That that was how my name spent once. Oh, nice. It was not right at all, but um, anyway, it worked. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So let's let's kick it off right away, so people know why why the hell we're talking to each other. You are up to something, and I want to know more about what you're up to. I checked out a page that's a questionnaire, and you have question Mm -hmm. uh, questions on the questionnaire, which was shocking. Um, do you want to, are you interested in learning this? Are you interested in learning that? Are you interested in this? What the hell are you up to brother? Um, yeah. So for a long time, I mean, I've, you know, for a long time I've wanted to teach, um, I have taught, I've taught, um, data science and neuroscience and psychology. Um, but what I really want to teach is, um, is the stuff you're into, right. (laughs) Is, you know, is magic is stuff like that. Um, and uh, of course there's a million people out there teaching magic. Um, but what, um, what I'm trying to do is basically bring together what I've, what I learned in grad school with regard to like neuroscience and psychology and how the brain works, um, with what I've learned in the mystery schools of, um, magic and invocation, evocation, uh, and working with spirits. And um, bring those together in a way that is, um, I, I, I 
refer to it as a neurophenomenological approach to magic. Of course, I realize that most people won't have any idea what any of those words mean. So the name of my course is Unlocking the Unconscious with Ritual and Symbol. Hmm. Um, but um, that's sort of, it's basically like an intro course uh, for people who have actually never heard of magic or wouldn't even think to look for it, hmm. but who are interested in like, there's something more going on into my mind than, you know, is my consciousness, is my ego. Uh, and how do I access that? Um, and of course, one way is um, psychedelics, uh, which I'm not covering, but is an effective tool. Um, but uh, the tools of, of magic and ritual and symbol, I think, are very effective ways of, of unlocking that. So that's what that's about. And it's called, it's called unlocking? Unlock, uh, yeah, my working, current working title is Unlocking the Unconscious Through Symbol and Ritual. Beautiful. It's, uh, of course, uh, reminiscent of that wonderful line, by names and images are all powers awakened and reawakened in the neophyte initiation of the Golden Dawn. Absolutely. Yes. Um, definitely. So, so you, you have a, a psychological background, right? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, what's your education and tell us about that. Uh, in the mid two thousands, uh, or early two thousands, I, um, wanted to actually, so I quit my first job <laughs> out of college, uh, to try to follow my will <laughs> as I understood it. Um, and I was, getting into Curly at the time and all about, you know, following your will. And I decided my will was not to make somebody else uh, into a millionaire, but to understand um, the mysteries of, of consciousness in the mind. Um, so I tried getting into psychology programs. I finally got into a neuroscience program um, and uh, pursued a, a PhD in integrative neuroscience uh, at Rutgers um, for about six years. That's a good um, school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, advanced to candidacy and went through three uh, dissertation proposals, <laughs> but couldn't quite uh, make any of them work, um, but learned a lot along the way. Um, and then finally funding ran out and trying to make a living as a teacher didn't work, you know, as impossible as I'm sure many of your listeners know. Um, and uh, so ended up going into the tech industry, but, um, always, you know, never like stop being interested in neuroscience and psychology and consciousness and that sort of thing. Um, and all the while doing the magic thing. Yeah. So, so how are you, how are you doing this course in a way that, uh, you know, brings those things together? Um, so my first, the way that I'm kind of starting out is basically establishing um, what I'm as a neurophenomenological approach, which, you know, I'll, I'll break that down, of course. Um, and, but that, that term, I didn't come up with that. That's um, Francisco Varela, who's uh, big into, well, he's dead now, but he was big into Buddhism uh, and neuroscience. He kind of put, he, he brought that together. And basically, it's kind of funny. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm using what we know about neuroscience to basically say that you, that the science doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh oh, lost your audio there for a second. Uh-oh, where's your audio sense. gone? Sorry, we, you're dropped out for a minute. Um, okay. I lost you at uh, that the science doesn't matter. Yeah, so basically um, what 
once you understand how the brain constructs our experience and that you don't experience anything directly uh, and that everything is essentially an illusion that's constructed by your brain, um, then I think that kind of makes it so you don't have questions about what's what's literally happening or what, you know, the objective, you know, whether or not spirits are objectively real or things like that just becomes irrelevant. Um, and then, and that opens the door to kind of getting into the, the the fun stuff, which is like, okay, actually working with this stuff and working with these these entities and with these these sort of aspects of of whatever is out there. Yeah, what do you think about the um, the uh, idea? I think that scientists are some some are talking about consciousness, uh, us needing to realize that that are there's less of a distinct separation between what we consider to be our consciousness and reality itself and i assume when they say that they are talking on a physical level as much as the word physical can be used yeah uh so i mean i i could interpret that a couple ways but one thing that's been coming up a lot again is uh this idea of panpsychism or or uh, pan protopsychism um the idea that that the universe itself is uh, conscious in a way um, that consciousness is sort of baked into matter. It's not a separate thing. Like you have this sort of Cartesian dualism that we have from, you know, thanks to Descartes, but going back to that, where there's like a, the mind and the body and they're two separate things. And I think that's kind of how most of us think about it. Most of the time is that there's the world of the mind, and the world of body. Um, not and, only that, if I can just say, but uh, Descartes, uh, believed that you could understand the the physical world through the mental ex exclusively almost like that well right that you can just sit there and through your mind understand the things around you which is very is of the platonic approach rather than the aristotelian that says actually the devil's in the details and if you don't look at right. data you're going to come up with some wonky conclusions ignoring the right. data. is that yeah you think yeah, that yeah, helps absolutely. clarify? Okay, I'm just trying to. Some people might yeah, not yeah. read Descartes. No, sorry, you're right. I have to, I have to remember that that uh, <clears throat> the audience, the so, uh, very uh, diverse audience. Yeah, not to throw you off, but um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so right. So the the kind of common understanding is that there's the world of the mind and the world of the body, um, and the problem with that is that there is no uh, coherent way to bring those two together. Um, Descartes thought it was in the pineal gland was with this be like this magical little thing that kind of was like the control center where the mind could kind of control the body doesn't really actually make sense was uh, was he wrong you think he was wrong yeah he was wrong <laughs> he was wrong about that well I think the pineal gland is still sort of important but anyway oh well it's definitely important but it's not it's not there's no little you know person in there control <laughs> making your body go around it's not um, your HGA, which is sitting in the pineal gland as like a Thetan spirit. <laughs> Pop it out. Uh, anyway. Um, I am the last Thetan. Uh, right. Um, and uh, so and other people have come up with ideas like the brain is like a radio receiver, but that doesn't actually work out either. Um, and then and so the then there's there is mental monism and physicalism or and so physicalism is the idea that there is no mind it's all just it's all just matter but the problem is that with that is like well i don't know about you but i have a subjective experience and physicalism doesn't really explain that 
Uh, and then there's mental monism, which is the idea that the physical physical reality is just a, a hallucination and it's all mind. And that's actually a fairly reasonable, I mean, it's just kind of a strange view, but it's, it's actually like, it is coherent, unlike the other two. Um, you can, you know, it, this all could just be a virtual reality. This all could just be a giant hallucination. Um, the big reason why I don't buy that is that um, the physical world is too surprising. <laughs> uh, that if it was all just made up, um, I don't think we would have things like quantum physics because nobody could come up with that. Literally nobody could come up with that. Mm. Um, so it, the world, the physical world is too strange to be a construction of the mind, in my opinion. Um, so that leads to the third the, uh, option, which is um, neutral monism or property dualism, which is that it's all one stuff, but it has a mental aspect and a physical aspect. It has a subjective aspect and an objective aspect. And this in all of reality has this. And so everything has the elements of consciousness in it, including inanimate objects. But the thing about inanimate objects is that their, con their consciousness is so simple that it's not that interesting. But when you get something together like a brain, then you have kind of a, um, that's where things get interesting. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I always, I always, I've always quoted, I like the, the Roger Penrose thing where he doesn't like being called a materialist because he says, we don't yet know what the matter is, mm -hmm. you know, so why are you calling me a materialist, you, you know, um, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting stuff. So how, uh, how do you have some, uh, so how do you approach that in, how, how are you going to approach that in the, in the course well, so um, when it comes to, to my particular approach of uh, panpsychism, um, it actually doesn't come up directly that much. It is, it is kind of my underlying, that's my background, that's what I believe is how reality works. Um, but um, when, when it comes to working with, when it comes to where the rubber hits the road, where you actually are doing stuff, um, it kind of doesn't necessarily matter. And in fact, the idealist or, or mental monist point of view, even though I don't think that's correct from a physical point of view, um, it's, a, it's a very good way to approach it um, as an experience. So because all that we experience is mind, all that we experience, even though there, there, I think that there actually is a world out there, we don't actually experience it directly. We only experience what our brain constructs for us. So from a subjective point of view, it is all mind. Um, and approaching it that way, I think um, is, is practical, even if it's not literally we have, true. We have to use the best map that we have for the terrain. Exactly. Otherwise, right. we're truly lost. And we can right. change that map based on what we find. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it because like when you go into you know if you look at a map like a city is not actually a a, a perfect square right but it's also, much more convenient <laughs> and and America's not as big as it looks on maps. <laughs> Europe is practically invisible if you saw it, if you saw a true topographical representation it'd be like that speck that's Europe yeah oh yeah damn but yeah that was a great episode I remember of the West Wing where they taught 
uh, you know, uh, Martin Sheen all about right. like how they've been expanding the size of America. So it looks like as big as Canada, which it's not at all. Go Canada. Well, sort of. Not <laughs> oh, my God. Let's not talk about that. Whew. Yeah, we have to meet churches have to meet in secret now or either or you'll get arrested and put in a jail cell in maximum security where the violent offenders have been released due to the danger of them getting covid but they'll put him in and and the trial he's awaiting to be heard for is for a crime that under no circumstances will result in him going to jail but he's in max security up until a trial for a crime that in no certain will not send him to jail under any circumstances just give him some sort of probation that's where i live anyway um i had to say one thing because it's just it's as a as a especially as a spiritual and you know clergy person uh that's anyway um so and they would make russia uh look look bigger and stretch it so that it looked more threatening um like, like <laughs> that they would do that to the maps they yeah. they our standard maps are still like this as far as i know so yes well, i think at the end of that episode if i remember correctly they say it's like do you have any other suggestions and they're like yeah actually flip it upside down yeah yeah and then they were just like okay we're, we're mind done. blown we're yeah. done. We're done. we can't do that i mean you could you could view it on its side even right yeah like that like the idea, the perspective we have is so. Uh, this is actually we're back on topic. Topic now, right? This mm -hmm. is this anthropocentric uh, perspective we have of the universe is intrinsically related to the variance of of inner and outer, subjective and objective. And why not put the planet on its side? And that way, none of us are on the top or the bottom. We're all just sideways. <laughs> you know that that I, I actually think I don't know why we haven't done that. That makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it just means that you, when you go, you kind of go around the world going up instead of to the side. <laughs> but, it, this yeah. all, just even us, us thinking about this right here demonstrates the, the, really the problem that you're approaching in your work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, tell me, tell me more. Yeah. Um, Within panpsychism, Is, is anything really objective or is the objective the unknown? The objective is, yeah, the objective is the unknown and unknowable. Um, Cause you can't, it's, if it's knowable, it is inherently subjective, right? Cause if you, you have to have a mm -hmm. point of view in order to know anything. Yeah. Um, although that point of view can be expanded and that's where you have like these oceanic experiences and things like that. Yeah, I think this is what Jacques Lacan, the psychoanalyst, would call the big other, mm. right? And, and what uh, Henri Bergson said could only ever be connected with in even the slightest way, potentially through human intuition and nothing mm. else, nothing right. else. If we have right. a faculty that lets us know the other other or the other of the other, the true objective reality, the ontos, mm -hmm. it's through our intuition. And if that can't do it, nothing can which brings up all this brings up very interesting things when it comes to magic. Yes. Yeah. Although I actually might say the best way to understand the other other is it maybe through math. Okay. <laughs> because math is able to reveal things that you could never have thought of otherwise. Um, and that's how 
we have the ability to um, to actually do things with quantum mechanics that nobody can understand, but actually work. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you can test them and they work. Right. Right. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Well, we're definitely at the limits of my knowledge on this stuff. So you're you're the you're the expert here. Um, well, if 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 as you develop and present this course, um, mm -hmm. and people can go and and do the questionnaire, we'll provide links. Um, mm -hmm. What will be sort of the first steps in what people will be studying and learning in this course? Yeah, so this course is, is you know, this particular one that, that we're focusing on is very, um, as I said, it's very beginner friendly. Um, the first part of it is really just sort of setting the stage for like, for, you know, how we can um, talk about things like, um, well, unconscious intelligence is kind of what I really kind of started getting into is once you understand most of our most of what's happening in our brain we're not conscious of and there's all this stuff that's happening that that is really interesting um that opens the question of okay how do we get access to that how do we how do we talk to or interact with that unconscious intelligence um and one way is through dreams and that's can be very effective um but another way is through symbol and ritual um and then we get into things like visualization. A lot of people, you know, they're not very good at visualization. They haven't done it since they were a kid. Um, so kind of basic exercises to like build up your ability to visualize a flaming pentagram in front of you. And, you know, um, and then maybe some guided visualizations to go to your place of power uh, and then kind of building up to, um, you know, to being able to actually uh, ideally have a conversation with someone on the inner in the inner world um and basically it's a way to kind of introduce the concept of magic without actually introducing magic and then at the end once you've kind of got all that then you can go off and read you know modern magic or the take the query course or um any a number of other things and uh have a way of have a context for interacting with it for learning from it um without, um, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, pushed away, or at least I am, <laughs> honestly, uh, by claims that are made by the authors that I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't buy that. I don't think that that's, that doesn't make sense. Um, why should I just take your word for it that that's, you know, how the world works. Um, but if you understand it phenomenologically, then it's like, okay, well, that's your experience. And maybe I can have that experience too. And that's really cool. Yeah. What's your, what do you think the difference is then between, for example, if you're, you've done like a lesser invoking ritual, the pentagram, and you know, you're visualizing the angels facing inward, and you commune with one of those angels versus calling one of those angels in a greater ritual of evocation into a triangle or a crystal outside mm -hmm. the circle or on the table of practice? What do you think? Because that is the classic that, that invokes the classic duality of this micro macrocosm relationship we mm -hmm. see those two kinds of operations as different they're definitely different mm -hmm. and you i would expect different kinds of knowledge from them i would expect on the one knowledge more about myself since i would see that as working within my microcosm and the reflection of the being whereas in the other operation i would be seeking to bridge that gap through that veil 
with something that could give me on on the level of intuition knowledge that i might learn because it's reflected in me but that i don't consciously have so i don't know and is it am i bringing yeah. that that reality within myself outside of myself so i can see what i can't see within myself or right. what do you see is going on there because you have experience in these things which we'll get to later yeah yes uh no i love the way that you put that that's really good because that that gets to um the idea of of what is active imagination which i think is a really confusing term for a lot of people because you think of active imagination it means you people would think or one might think that that means that you are actively imagining and that's not what that means what it means is that your imagination is active um, it should be called and, passive imagination kind of although you're not entirely passive either <laughs> right like when you're when you're evoking an angel you're not entirely passive no you um, but you're receptive but you're receptive exactly or the spire um, is someone should be receptive uh, somebody <laughs> somebody is receptive either a part <laughs> of yourself uh or another person right hopefully the person um, you're doing the magic to it for is receptive <laughs> right you want that um, curse to be effective i've been reading too um, much john king i don't know john king but um imperial the... arts now here's a okay. here's a goetic solomonic magician who absolutely believes that any form of visualization is the height of stupidity and an utter waste of your time and complete phoniness um okay yeah, he also considers the Golden Dawn to be completely new age, which makes me think he doesn't have a strong command of um, logic, because that's you, you, they exist. They they came into existence a hundred years apart from each other. So I, I you know, sure maybe <laughs> maybe he's just uh, not very critical and terminologically weak. But but I find it you know when people are really convinced that what they believe is right and everything else is wrong they tend to make offhand comments it came across more that way not as in he's not a smart guy i think he's a very smart guy but i don't necessarily agree with him right right yeah no and, and it is really interesting to to read you know because it i i i would be interested in reading that because it's like 10 bucks even if i don't reading. agree with him it's and yeah, it's, a, it's a delightful read to hear a, a 24 accounts of 24 goetic evocations and he claims to have, in the process of working with those demons, killed three people, two through an earthquake and the third being his mother. So he's oh, uh, honest, uh... he's honest. <laughs> well, like, you know, we do want more honest accounts of magical practitioners. Um, That's true. You know, whether we agree with them or um, not. I just don't, the I just don't trust them. <laughs> well, I, I don't trust that they're dishonest. I, tr I don't, I just don't trust that... Uh... I don't trust people are experiencing what what they think they are. Um, one of the things I, you know, one of the things Ooh. that I learned in grad school was how memory and perception are not reliable at all, and why uh, eyewitness testimony uh, should be banned from the court system. <laughs> um, but um, amen. But to get back to what you're saying about the um, yeah the lbrp versus you know a, a more like a greater oh, ritual evocation yeah um generally when you're doing the lbrp you're kind of in and, control of what's going on and let's right? be like, clear i was talking about 
the LIRP, which oh, then the angels are facing inward. Oh, I say this only for enough. those who are who are learning out there, and we don't want to confuse them. I yes. think that we're willy nilly because we no, do know we I are was being willy nilly. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> which you should know better. You've been a hierophant, right? Uh, I've actually never sat in that seat. Um, I've been uh, uh, everything up to that: the hegemon, the Harris, but I haven't been a hierophant. Yeah. Um, but um, okay, so. Anyway, but you're right. I was being sloppy. Uh, LIRP. So you're doing. Um, you're, you've got. So the... you're kind of in control of what's going on, right? You're 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 actively visualizing. You're like, okay, you know, Raphael is yellow robes, and you know, um, and you're pretty much in control. You might have a feeling, and you might have, you know, and that's great. Um, but you're not. You're probably not going to be very surprised. Whereas, if you are doing a greater invocation. And you're not surprised, I'd say you're not really, if nothing happens that you are surprised by, then you probably didn't finish. <laughs> you probably didn't do it right. Mm. Um, I, like, I like that. I think that, that, you know, it, what you, you know, and that's sort of, that to me is like the, the simplest kind of litmus is like when, when what you're experiencing starts to go off in ways that are um, both surprising but also coherent right because that and that's kind of the hard part is that I think oftentimes when you're first starting you're like controlling everything everything is just visualization you just you know and then you start to you start to loosen up a little bit and um, your your the stability of your visualization is kind of starting to get a little bit stronger uh, and you can kind of relax the control a little bit and then it's just sort of like noise just like kind of random, like weird stuff, like just thoughts pop into your head and you're like, what's that going on? Um, but when you get to a point where you're like actually having a conversation with somebody and you don't know what they're gonna say next and what they say next is not something that you would have said or would have wanted them to say, but that it makes sense and that it's something that you can kind of yeah. work with. Um, that's when you've, you're actually like having conversation. Yeah. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. So, any thoughts on this? Uh, I, I want to hear more. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to entice you to say more of your thoughts from the the macro micro. Thing. So, yeah, I guess the way that I look at that from like the point of view of of the brain and how that all works is you know i don't i don't think that um you know if you evoke you know samael or whoever into a triangle or whatever i don't think i you know and this you and i might disagree about this uh that there actually is some objective entity out there that is coming in physically into your triangle the, um the word physical there could be problematic <laughs> problematic um, right and that's that's part of and i use that term specifically to indicate what i don't believe right i, I don't um the um now of course as i was saying you you don't actually experience your physical triangle either you you experience a mental representation of that triangle um and so when that entity enters um you know, it's it's happening outside of your conscious ego, 
which is just a little tiny piece of your brain right over here, probably. Um, it's, it, you know, the part of your brain that actually has a, a self that has a sense of like, this is me. It's actually really small. Um, and what's being presented to it is being presented by this orders and orders of magnitude um, bigger system, mind system. Um, and it is, um, and that's where that's coming from. And it's, it's not uh, whether or not, you know, you could through any kind of scientific apparatus uh, say that it's coming from anywhere outside of your own brain. Probably not in my opinion, um, but um, that doesn't make it any less amazing um, because what the brain does is, I mean, the brain creates a whole universe for you. Um, <laughs> at least if it's working right yeah <laughs> if you uh if you use the key and unlock the door um yeah i don't know um there's some other things that that you know i thought might be interesting to you that i'm doing um so Quick little break there. Where were we? Um, uh, yeah, do you want to talk more about that? Or here's a question. Um, yeah. Who is this course uh, for? Is it for? Is it for people who are curious about modern magic or or ceremonial magic but aren't ready to take the leap? Or is it people for who are just looking for a similar but different pathway? Um, um, yeah. So the yeah. The, the people for this particular course, the people who I have in mind are uh, mostly people who, um, who I think would find the techniques of magic interesting, but who would never uh, think to approach it. Maybe it's too weird, it's too off their radar, it's too, you know. Um, but, so that's the kind of the, the primary, the first person who I have in mind. The, the second person I have in mind is um, probably somebody who's actually a little bit more like me, um, who is somebody who is interested in magic, but gets turned off by um, some of the outrageous claims that people make about this and that and the other thing um, that are um, without substantiation or something like that. Like, I remember listening to an interview with uh, Somebody was talking about how, you know, if you go into fairyland and eat the food there that you won't come back. I'm like, does this person actually believe that? And why would that's, they say that? And that's the mythology. That's, <laughs> that's the mythology, but he was yeah. presenting it as like, this is a fact. And like, all right, where is it? You know, um, well, I was offered some pomegranate seeds at a gay club once, so. Maybe if I had eaten them, they would have kept me. You would never come back. I wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Um, so, um, you know, and this is coming from somebody who is like a noted and respected, uh, I respect them as an author. I mean, they're, you know, very, very scholarly, but it's just like, how do you, you know, I find it difficult to kind of engage with that kind of writing where it's just like, um, I, you know, are you, are you, crazy are you being allegorical do you not you know um and so i'm kind of trying to present a way to approach that material 
um, that doesn't fall into that, that allows you to kind of interpret that without necessarily believing or feeling like you're being expected to believe things that, that don't line up with what we know about how the universe actually works. Hmm. Um, the, the, the two other, I have two other courses that I'm working on. One, one I actually developed way back when I was in seminary. Well, um, you were in seminary too. That's right. We, yes. we talked about that before, uh, you, for those who don't know, you video called me when I was, uh, you know, uh, in California during the fires and, uh, early COVID stuff and uh yes. can, yeah yeah that Rats. was very nice yeah <laughs> we were gonna yeah. get together and then you're like let's do it on zoom and I was like all I do is stare at a computer <laughs> I need to yeah. see human beings that was the and yeah it was, was hard though that was not a good oh time. yeah oh it was well it's, it's, all of it's us. been it's, it's, <laughs> it's been it's been unending unending and uh yeah. according to Trudeau it's gonna continue to 2024 at least Oh yeah, we're we're just starting to lock down. Man. <laughs> we're just getting going. When I came back to Canada on the solstice of September or equinox in September, no one was masking in stores. Like they hadn't even started masking. Oh we gosh. didn't start masking till October. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That whole time where well, th where things were going crazy in the states, had I been able to been had Canada let me come back right away, I would have been we would have been pretty much wide open getting 2k a month from the government each. I missed all of that <laughs> trapped in Cali. So that was catastrophic to say the least, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just getting going on this uh, stuff. I don't know. It's well, going to be, yeah. we're, I mean, here in Vancouver, people are like, fuck it, whatever, where they're all, they're all at the beach. They don't like no one. Vancouver's special and, and gets special sort of considerations from the rest of Canada because we can be like, look, there's this place that's good. And then the other places get punished and this place is open. It's, it's a mess, yeah. you know, it's a mess anyway. Um, yeah. So that was really uh, great to uh, almost connect with you. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we had so many. I had a whole. I had to cancel a whole book tour. I had to cancel that whole conference. Yeah. We. I had a whole conference yeah. with guests lined up. Everything was ready to go. The whole. Uh, the whole property. Everything. It was like Hermeticon. It was just wiped right. off the map, and uh, and the book tour and everything. It was. It was uh, crazy. But um, for those who don't know, we met at um, my legendary lecture at Panthea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Although I was right behind you, so you couldn't see me. I couldn't <laughs> see I, you. I and I did not expect an auditorium with that number of people. It was it was packed. It was a great lecture. I mean, it was uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, that was it was the Hermetic, W. B. Yeats's Hermetic Order of Celtic Mysteries. Apparently, that title yep. was a good one. Um, yeah. It was at everyone's attention. It was yeah, like a couple hundred people in there. Um, I wish I had been given some notice by them but i was given the impression it would be like 20 people in a circle in a room which yep. is why these chairs were in a circle so instead there was this auditorium with, it, was, it was a disaster and then the cord for the microphone wouldn't stretch anywhere and it was just you know and the people who my friends from the uh foundation who were gonna do the filming and everything like that they didn't even show up to the lecture they were so pissed off that i had gotten accepted <laughs> to give a lecture and they didn't <laughs> One of them actually tried to take us. One took a swing at me. He was so upset. This OT oh, guy. No. Yeah, he was so pissed. Then I found out he has a history of this sort of shit going back to Oberon Zell's community, Anafin, and all these other places, and keeps changing his, 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 the name people call him so people don't know it's him and 
all this crazy stuff man. This, yeah. so why are so many people in in our in this field crazy <laughs> well those i don't consider those people in this field like you know okay um you know uh, like you can you can put on whatever labels you want for yourself right but anyone who's ever actually earned any titles whatsoever from a high school diploma onward any anything that's any title or 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 a word that signifies an accomplishment um anyone who does that knows that the title is meaningless what means something is what they accomplished it means something to them uh it gives them it gives you so much to learn or achieve anything the 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 trophy is me i've got a couple football mvp trophies over there from when i was a wee kid before everyone got their growth spurts and i was still five three um but you know um the trophies don't mean anything but they remind me of how 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 much energy like i you don't get that you know you don't beat out 100 other kids by by not working hard you do it by running faster by focusing more like all these things even as a kid especially as a kid that you put yourself your your self toward i don't the words are the the description of committing your entire being to something is almost too grand to to describing language when you really want to achieve something right it's this mm -hmm. yeah you you give it your all be all that mm -hmm. you can be just do it and, <laughs> and uh and yeah so so people throw these titles around so if a guy calls him he wants to call himself a thelemite and and then uh you know then yeah. but he did, he's not acting it like you know you're not doing it. it's like so so you're a magician do you practice any magic no like i've had people tell me that they don't need to practice magic or even read the books because owning the books is the same thing which is sort of like <laughs> yeah yeah if they, oh i've been told this by many like literally many 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 people many so, literally, many so having people. having yeah a grimoire on your shelf means that i you just are... i just go like this i just hold it and i feel it first against one temple that's a nice then, uh, nice volume there <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's my this is my personal grade material this massive thing i just had it bound um mainly because i like one side of pages of each page of grade materials blank usually because it's photocopied right and then and it's covered with my my notes from many years so um but yeah yeah and it goes to but it's not a foreign idea this uh this idea of uh, madonna's Kabbalah, for example um you know and, and yeah. britney spears they they would all give each other copies of the zohar 20 something you know every volume right and they they believed that it was you know Just sit with it, it holding yeah. it put it under your pillow put it above your door for protection this so this uh this idea is not new that's true and it's not unique to the west either i mean you see the same thing with people chanting you know uh what is it the the name of the lotus sutra um I forget what it on is. the mashavaya no, no 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 but it's same like same concept it's you know but um but anyway yeah that simply chanting then the title the lotus sutra you know it, uh in sort of sino sanskrit kind of is uh is equivalent not only to reading the whole book but to you know will eventually get you enlightened as if you had actually realized everything that was in that book um however i will say <laughs> in defense of that approach uh mantra is very effective and um you know saying word over and over again until your mind stops running in circles does actually uh can be effective although i'm not sure if it's the same thing as um 
reading a book and becoming enlightened. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, that was it, back to where, but yeah, it, it was really, it was very cool to meet. It was a very cool event. I'm, 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 I'm sad that the world changed and uh, careers took nosedives, but <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully get back to it. Um, and as a result, as you can imagine, I had to just delay and then delay again the, the order of Celtic mysteries, which you and I know I'm, I'm still so, uh, waiting with bated breath. Well, <laughs> for the um, next well, the next that will be this week. The, the, the first the first because 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 the original event was always meant the events are always going to be on Gates's birthday and this year because we can't have an event. And now it looks like I won't be allowed to do one next year, even either though I'm, I know if, if that's the case, I might just send everything I've done developed to Llewellyn or Wiser. I talked with them at Pantheacon. They'd be happy to publish anything. I yeah. give them that, you know, that's a real book, not just, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> not just collected, uh, writing. Oh, the, the, the right. The, the yeah, photographs yeah. that you're giving me of, of like, uh, or oh, whatever <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah so uh who knows uh, what i'll do but this week is all fairy magic for me this week is all fairy oh, cool. magic so this is a great podcast to start the week with here on a beautiful monday uh, at midday and kick off a bit of that so I'll let you know as a as a as a order of celtic mystery lover and and member which again is so for everyone um this yeah this uh next sunday is yates's birthday and yeah i'm doing demon fest so you can go to demon and and right. register for demon fest um this is actually the last day you can go to demon and versus.com and register for like 14.44 14 bucks just as a um after you know by some point today it'll switch over to uh a bit more and uh it'll and i'll be putting out the first collection the first major thing um and uh yeah i've opened it up a bit to other people who are curious to get involved because yeah it's going to have to be whatever it is until because it, it's all grounded on uh, doing an initiation right the this is not we're right. not, That's we're where not it's going, yeah. i'm not i'm not going to get together with my friends here in bc and do and astrally initiate everyone abroad that that's definitely not what's going to happen at any point ever um but i i am putting together a kind of self-dedication right um that mm -hmm. people could use because why not um the mm -hmm. enochian initiatory system is completely self-initiation as uh, which is mm -hmm. something that people i think a lot of people don't really realize um mm -hmm. so when people are uh, dissing self-initiation in general or struggling with it, it's like well, there is a precedent for this being a thing. And you could argue that Enochian magic is the operative force within all Golden Dawn initiations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there will be, uh, I will be, I've got releasing all the initial full mid-ear working and worked with an artist the last few months to get the image of the beautiful god, king of the fairies, mid-ear or nice. mid-ear or mid-ear or mid-ear, depending on your dialect of Irish. I'll go over all the stuff with people, but yeah, um, as well as, yeah, it's going to be lots of treats and fun things in the goodie bag and all of that stuff will be presented. You'll have an email uh, programmed later today, actually, to the Order of Celtic Mysteries about all of that. You'll get that and everyone can show up and, and uh, celebrate a little bit of Yates uh, on his birthday. I remember having a, uh, a mid-year... Uh gave me a nice little dream last last year when when i did the when we first started and oh really 
don't remember if you, I, I drew to you a little bit. I, I didn't actually encounter Medir himself, I don't think, um, but I saw a fairy circle in the ocean looking out over the cliffs, uh, like uh, off the, like the west coast of Ireland um, and um, in, in the dream. And yeah, I don't know. It was, that was the night that I had kind of meditated on and I did your invocation of, of Medir and yeah. Beautiful. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah that, well, it wasn't my invocation. Mm -hmm. That is W.B. Uh, yeah, but, but only, you know, it's not in any of his published books. So that's for right. sure. Um, uh, so that will be, I did a full contact working with that evocation of that spirit um, in evocation up while I was in quarantine at Chris Bennett's place. And, mm -hmm. and the major, op, the major results of that three, four hour operation was to have him transmit and give to me Well, he was physically right in front of me with, especially I was doing a, a heroic operation um, uh, and gave me a sigil. And from that sigil, uh -huh. and then also the image that I've released of Midir that my, my friend worked with me on to do is, is, is adapted from, I gave her the image of Oberion from uh -huh. the grimoires because I, the king of the fairies in England and, and Ireland, I figure would have something in common. So let's create that commonality. Like when you're invoking or evoking a spirit, um, how you want to, you know, cite uh, references to what they've done in the past, where they've mm -hmm. been, what, you know, who they are and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So that's, I figure a good connection there. Um, yeah. And uh, the full sigil will be put around that. And so this full sigil I'll release to the OCM and, you know, anyone who attends the birthday as well as a bonus though. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, then we'll have that sigil to do more direct workings and I'll release a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. But again, the main things around the, the initiation. So until we can get together and do a, a physical initiation that, that, you know, 10, 20 people can come to, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of turn it into some purely digital. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's so much about, it's so much a physical thing and being present. So hopefully yeah. the world will allow these things to happen again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And as, that's what's uh, happening. I, I, I can, what you said about the self-initiation. Um, I, I used to be very down on it as like, Oh, that's not a real initiation. Yeah. Um, but well, we're going but that was, right. Um, and, um, you know, but then, you know, I joined uh, Order of Bards of Aids and Druids, and that's, you know, that's what they do. And unless you're lucky enough to be with a grove that can do a physical initiation, but they, you know, they give you all these, and, and it worked. I was like, okay, that actually works. Um, that actually changed something in me. Um, oh, wow. So you enjoyed, yeah. you, I want to, actually, I don't want to move on from that. You so. Um, because the Bards of 80s and Druids, I think, are it's a pretty good order that uh, mm -hmm. uh, I've talked to a lot of people about, and I've, I've, I've gotten some of their material in the past. So you actually had a powerful experience from your self-initiation through their system? Yeah, and I was very skeptical of it when I was, like, reading through it. I was like, uh, this is, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, I'll do it because, you know, why not? But, you know, but, you know, but then, you know, I did it sincerely, and I really, like, you know, made sure, like, set the set and setting. And, and I was like, oh, wow, that that did something that worked. Um, there's, there's something to it. Um, and, you know, I mean, I wonder, you know, it, it's funny. I was, when I was corresponding with my mentor, I just finished the over, I just started their Druid grade recently. So I, I just finished the over grade. Um, Congrats. You know, 
Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I think that I've definitely benefited from, you know, so many years of, of magical training before even starting Obad. So, you know, that, that probably helps. Um, but, um, but I can definitely, you know, I will say that, that it is effective. And as you said, like the, the Anokian stuff, that's, you know, there's a, there's a whole Anokian self-initiation tradition. But of course, as you all know, as why you want to do this in the first place is that a physical in-person initiation with people is categorically different, right? Yeah. It's almost like, I almost feel like it shouldn't even be the same word. It's like, those are just two different things. To that, I, I will say something I've realized that I might not have said in the past, because I, I got to go through two astral initiations of Neophyte and Zelator before mm. I then went through the physical ones. And then it was physical, mm. everything thereafter. Um, okay. And, and just in general, over those seven initiations from Neophyte to Adeptus Minor, the, the experience I had, though, was that there was, there was grades in which I felt like I was in that grade before the ceremony and that I really needed the ceremony to sort of help me with the energies I was, I was starting to experience. Um, sometimes we call that, you know, the person's alchemy is going sour because they've been in the grade too long or they... Mm -hmm. or, or whatever they're just like the other elements coming in and you can sort of feel it though traditionally of course the gd doesn't uh use that as a basis for determining whether someone should move on as fred or yes she always likes to tell me um if you pass the test you you get to go up the grade which which i think is a great way of, of doing it um you know there can be it, judging someone's spiritual progress can lead to many problems so i think that's yeah. it's good that the golden dawn fundamentally remain a a, a, a pass fail grade system like did you pass the test without really any mistakes basically yes okay there you go it's it's your right. journey not mine um but but yeah the the so there is a, a spiritual thing sometimes it felt like the spiritual thing and the physical initiation were happening at the same time sometimes mm -hmm. it felt like the and the spiritual initiation happened after the initiation so i went through i've noticed those three different things there's things happening on on so many levels with that now yeah and, and yeah. yeah i want to so, so what's so yeah what was your experience of going like going through the golden dawn because you went through a very unique kind of temple it it was unique and you know i don't know how unique it was i mean it was unique in that it was you know nobody's ever heard of it right. <laughs> uh, it was the order of the sevenfold star um so unless you were in new york in the early 2000s there's no chance that you would have ever heard of it um and even if you were you probably wouldn't have um but um, it was, as I told you when we talked before, um, it was started by a fellow who had an initiation by somebody who was not in the Golden Dawn tradition, um, who was, I would say, as a, as, as a witch uh, who came from a very eclectic tradition. But she initiated him in a way that was kind of blew him open and led to him doing the Abramelin operation. And then from that, went and started this order. Um, and so it has no lineage, <laughs> uh, which I actually, I mean, in some ways I like, in some ways is, is kind of, you know, sad because of course nobody knows, you know, I, I have no whatever. Um, but, um, but yeah, so we went through, we did the whole, we went through the whole thing. Um, and, um, and it actually, it's something that I think is, is so valuable. Um, that I, I want more people to have access to it. Um, and 
so that's why, so that was what led me to wanting to teach this, this class when I was in seminary, which I never actually did do, but I wrote up the whole syllabus for it and figured out how I was going to do it, was essentially to teach the Golden Dawn, the historical Golden, golden Dawn, um, soup to nuts, do read-throughs, do table reads of the, of the initiations with the idea that people who attended that class would be able to go and start their own orders um, if they wanted to. And if not, they could just use it for their own personal stuff because it was, it's too hard. I mean, the, I mean, there's a lot of orders out there, but I don't know. I feel like all the orders that are out there, not all, um, present company accepted, of course. Um, I'm not in any order. <laughs> well, you're, you've started several, right? No, never, never really. Um, I mean, other oh. than this, the Celtic Mysteries project, I've never, I mean, I had a Wiccan coven in high school. Oh, I thought you, okay, I, I'm mistaken. What did you think um, I started? I don't remember. I thought that you started, wasn't there one that you were involved in that had like a shelf life? Like it was, it had a seven year or five year? No, no. I think there's somebody else entirely. Uh, maybe. Sorry. I mean, I mean the, the, <laughs> that, that's sort of the magical order model that Nineveh Shadrach, who started Temple Tehuti, followed after he left uh, our order. Okay due to okay. disagreements about using uh, jinn and uh, Arabic magic and integrating that into our second yeah. order. They didn't want that. So it's like, go to your own thing. And he did. Yeah. Um, no, no, I was a I member of and, Hermetic yeah. <laughs> Order of the Golden Dawn International. Um, right. And uh, then in the States, during when Griffin copyrighted, trademarked the name, they had to change it um, to uh, Hermetic Order of the Morning Star. We didn't have to change it in Canada. We stayed incorporated as Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Okay. Um, okay. And, and that's one of the reasons why Griffin like broke through our temple door during a neophyte initiation and assaulted our, our Fulax. Yeah. Right. Which is stupid. So you, don't that's assault, my case you don't assault a woman, <laughs> a kick-ass woman taller than you carrying a claymore. But, but you know, yeah, he, yeah, he got forced out at sword point. Um, what, kind of, what kind of fucking jackass can sell themselves as a spiritual anything and intentionally disrupt ceremonies performed for a candidate who's not even a neophyte yet. Like what a, what a, what a evil, evil thing to do. Like him breaking into a church during a baptism and, and like, you know, like go fuck yourself, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's beyond the pale. I, I can't even, yeah. Well, that's why the, why the uh, sentinel is armed. Um, that's it's, it's, I, I finally <laughs> learned the real purpose of a sentinel we all did yeah. it's like oh there are nut jobs out there like david griffin who will yeah. literally break and enter to interrupt a ceremony and and uh yeah it, like as i've said many times to my listeners you'll all know what i'm about to say he's lucky that he was in canada because <laughs> in the states that sword might have gotten pushed a bit further forward and she didn't know who he was. She did, had no idea who he was. Just a, it was just a, a criminal. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do that in the States. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's changing now anyway. Um, yeah, so I was, I, yeah, that was the order I went through the grades in. And, and what I think <laughs> is fascinating about, about your temple is, uh, is, is uh, that it is a great example of the fact that you don't need to necessarily go go join any order you can build your own temple frater demna in ireland gave a great little bit on my podcast so i have to do another interview with him because we had really bad connection and uh, i left it up even though it's really 
hard to listen to. Um, but because the, some of the things he said were so good, I'm like, oh my God, I can't, you know, <laughs> if you have to search through this for the, sorry for the poor reception we had up, up in the mountains. But um, he points out, he went through and makes made all the tools for a temple to show people mm -hmm. um, using mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, cardboard tubes and everything mm -hmm. like you, you know you could probably cut a milk carton to make a the top mm -hmm. of a higher and he's like he made like the whole temple for for like a couple hundred bucks and he i want to show people know how he did it yeah so i want to get him to come back on and talk more about that and stuff but yeah to you can go make your own temple it can could mm -hmm. be a better thing to have a small group working temple and work your yourselves through these things um that's essentially what you know the original order was anyway yeah, and I love that idea. Just, I mean, one of the things that is so hard with this sort of magic is all the tools, and you know, there's like the proper way to make it, and it's very involved. And you know, I really like, uh, I, I like that, and it reminds me of what you know, Lon Milo cut in um, Angel Vision or Anarchan Vision Magic, I think it's called. You know, he basically shows you how to make like a paper magic ring, and he's like, hey, if a paper magic ring doesn't work for you, a gold one isn't going to work either. <laughs> I, yeah, I use that. I use a paper magic yeah. ring. Um, uh, and yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it works. It's you know, it's less um, likely to be stolen. <laughs> that's true. I did actually try to to buy a, a gold one on Etsy, and I think the seller like kind of mysteriously decided to not make it. And I was wondering if it was like she, somebody finally told her what it was for or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was talking <laughs> I uh, to Rye Villa this morning. Uh, of, uh, he does he does a Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast. He had someone in Korea make his uh, at a very good a good price, like silver plated in gold. And, and that's, uh, yeah, there's some nice ones. Jason Newcomb probably has the nicest, uh, most affordable one in the States available for 149 It's gold plated, beautiful uh, ring. But um, once you get a ship to Canada, it's like it comes to over 200 bucks with, you know, yeah. so that's a lot. It might be better to have a, one. a yeah. local a local manufacturer or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I think it's great that you guys had this independent temple. And it was interesting. You actually mentioned to me that you ended up being a, sort of a, a home for many members of 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 our order when over a decade after I was gone, uh, it felt it it finally broke apart into several different orders. Um, yeah, many right. many independent many students of it had none of those new orders near it or had just seen had enough of the drama and and found your group and that's amazing yep. that's a wonderful thing that's really the strength that we could have if we have even independent temples that are at least so if you're out there and you have a little independent order or temp temple maybe let some other people like me know about it so that if there's cool people in your area like really good people i always tell people like if you can join a local temple that is the number best way to do it that, and yeah. more than ever and we saw a fellowship of the golden dawn universum has just split apart as well um oh, they're now two yeah well they they were split but since before that original split they were two different things then when i was in england they were talking about coming together they did come together now they've reseparated a little bit again i mean that it's fine it's fine it doesn't mm -hmm. we don't need massive orders like like ours was when i was there with over you know a thousand members internationally it's right. it's great because you can put together these amazing international week-long events at no expense to the members virtually um mm -hmm. and even even help them attend 
Um, that's mm -hmm. cool. That is a cool, yeah. cool thing with that you can do with large numbers. And I, that's the only thing I think that is worth noting about those large groups that that, yeah. that you can get. Plus more camaraderie, more people, more like minds. But yeah, mm -hmm. small local temples, I think is is a good thing. If we could all work a little bit more together, it could be a very right. powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. Although well, one thing I will say that, that we learned the hard way with that was um, recognizing, so there were people, there were a couple of adults, I think, I wonder, yeah, a couple of adults who were kind of like, okay, well, you're already an adult, so we can just, you know, so we'll just wave you through and, and you'll be an adult in our order. Didn't, wasn't a good idea. Um, it, we kind of learned that, that um, recognizing another order's degree, grades, um, well, you've—it's not to—it's not that, like you've gone through the the alchemy, but there's an alchemy, there's an individual alchemy, and then there's also the group, there's the alchemy of the group, right, of the of the order, and if you bring somebody in at a higher grade that they haven't gone through the grade in the in the order, it it does something weird, and it, it didn't—I don't know—maybe there's a way to do it that that isn't dysfunctional, but in our case, it definitely caused a lot of problems. Um, well, I don't think it would make sense to, if someone's in practicus in one order, it doesn't make sense to bring them in in practicing order because it's so they can easily, they haven't completed the cycle, start that right. cycle again. But if you're, if you're, if you're five, six, you can't go back mm -hmm. and, and go through that process again. Just like it, it's in the Bible, even like you can't re-enter the womb. There's no second. No, you can't change That's that. True. So, so to end, I believe it's incredibly I know people who have done that, like Eric, Eric Cisco went through ours, went through Den Griffins and then Den Chicks all the way through. And that's fine. He's a he's a crazy man. I love him. Um, but but I believe it can cause problems. And and uh, uh, also, here's the main point, though. Uh, five, six is the is the beginning grade. It's of a different order there. You're not going above anything. You're at the beginning grade. So it would make sense to admit adepti as adepti because yeah. they're at the beginning of a wholly separate order. The RRAC is nothing to do with the Golden Dawn whatsoever. That's right. um, it's a separate order that can initiate people directly into it, in fact, without going through the Golden Dawn, if it right. wants to. And I have seen it done, and I've been a voting member in cases where that was an issue. Um, and there's good reasons for that that, I, that you can guess, but I can't say, yeah. usually to do with health, um, because... Mm you know there there's powerful energies that we unlock in that grade um mm -hmm. but so yeah that would be admitting so i think it's good that the sedalitas was there crucius it has honor honorable uh uh honorary adepti membership mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. acknowledge the the otherwise that otherwise there's no future for the orders right. for the temples right. there's no yes. way we could ever work together no if, there, if yeah. i say i will never recognize who you are or what you are ever unless right. i approve it my way that it, no, you're... something that's something no one can take even the christian church if i'm a, if i if i got if i was married if i get married if you mm -hmm. and me got married mm -hmm. we could do this in the anglican church in the episcopalian mm -hmm. church if you and me got married mm -hmm. and i no, that wouldn't work if i no, that wouldn't work you'd have to be a woman because we're talking about and i reconverted and i went back to the roman catholic church uh, um they would still they would i would be a married priest in the roman catholic right. church and there are married priests in the roman catholic church because they they can't unmake you a priest right right there's you're still a priest. yes 
No, you're absolutely right. And, and in fact, the example that I was thinking of, I was wrong. It wasn't an adept. It, the, adept it, the problem, the adept who came in was fine. It was it was the other example that you said of somebody who came in, I think, at like philosophers or something like that. Yeah, mid-alchemy. Like, mid-alchemy. And that was where it was like, yeah. this was this was weird. Yeah, um, that would be weird because then you are, you're, you're opening the alembic, the vessel mid-experiment mid and transferring the fluid. Right. Um, that's right. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it, putting it. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, about orders. And yeah, so one of the things that, you know, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that um, orders should be um, ephemeral. <laughs> um, because it does seem like, or it, it seems like that's just the way it is. You know, if you think about, I mean, even long lived orders, um, they're, you know, like once Paul Foster Case died, like the BOTA wasn't what it was, right? Yeah. Um, and the original Golden Dawn only lasted like 15 years. Um, and, you know, all this, like all these orders just don't, don't last long. And maybe, maybe that's okay. Like maybe that's, um, and a lot of them tend to be, powered by an individual personality, which is of course, you know, it's arguably problematic in the first place, but um, it can also work so long as it's kept in check to a certain degree. I don't know, what, what do you think of that? Do you think well, there should I, be? Uh, what do I think of that? Uh, um, pardon the, can you hear that? Not really. Oh, okay. Massive loud beeping in my ears. How would you phrase that differently? Um, what do, what do I think about? Well, I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, you were talking about these big orders and that, you know, maybe that's not but maybe a big order. There was just one big one. The big order. Okay. Yeah. I don't know order. how big chicken at chick chicks is, but yeah, I don't think it's over a thousand members. You know, really? I don't think it's over a thousand dues um, paying members. No, I, I like, okay. you know, especially like, just reading from what I've heard, I mean, Aaron Leach is a senior adept in that order. And uh, he says, he said on Glitch Bottle that he doesn't, he only does his ritual work like once a week or something like that. So I don't think they have like weekly classes or daily programs or even that much of monthly events. Um, and there's a lot of other groups I know that have had to take their temples down and, and sort of under the radar and, uh, they're trying to survive basically and keep keep serving their members but it's it's uh it's a hard hard thing during covid yeah yeah i said the bad yeah. word i said the c word shouldn't have said that <laughs> we're in trouble online now we've got yeah, these new uh, laws coming into play in canada where they they want to uh they want to actually be able to like censor our private communications if we make fun of politicians or stuff like that oh dear or, or yeah, oh yeah, it's it's happening. We're going full. Well, uh, full. People's Republic of Canada. <laughs> uh, Trudeau's favorite country is China. That's why he says we should be just <laughs> like them. He wants to be just like them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I hope I don't see you in a re-education camp. Uh, <laughs> but um. Anyway. Um, I wouldn't last long. <laughs> true um so yeah so i guess there aren't really many big orders but the the idea of like and maybe i guess what i'm saying is like maybe that's okay like maybe i think maybe it is i think smaller, it's good 
you know, orders is better. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just a matter of like, we need to have this sort of cellular structure where we can communicate with each other better. And, you know, maybe even refer people to each other better. Like if I know somebody, you know, in Canada, I, you know, in, in Vancouver, I could refer them to you and, you know, I don't know. That's, well, that's um, what I'm doing. Like I have a whole uh, page on my website that basically is an advertisement to not use, to not work with me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> here's seven other people I recommend you work with if right. you're near them. Yeah. Do that. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm doing that even though it, it hurts me in some ways or in some people's perspective, um, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach by example, um, right. my fellow teachers and other yeah. people who are teaching and, and claim to be leaders, but so many of them, it seems are taking the stance that my way is the only right way. Every other way is wrong. I've heard John King is very, very explicitly clear about that in his work. Um, even Josephine McCarthy, I've heard her on the Glitch Bottle several times say, if you do this thing any other way, you're, you're, in, you're stupid. It's like, mm. okay, well, I guess uh, I'm an idiot tarot reader because I don't know how to use tarot cards right. I can't even touch them right, apparently. It's like, uh, as much as I want to promote other people doing good work, it's hard when they take that stance and this is brings us back actually i think to your what you're what you're up to and the just the the cognitive neuroscience approach like what's what's that say about this mentality like it's fine if we think someone's wrong about this like i i prefer this enochian pronunciation method over this method right i think this one and then i think this other one's just is bonkers that's fine i, I but there's there's a difference between thinking and not wanting to do what someone else does or thinking that it's not as good for you and saying that it's objectively wrong. Right. 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 If it's not my way, it's the highway. And there's no, like, how can that, it's hard for me to understand how anyone in the 21st century can believe that. Like, how could you, I, I mean, we live in such well, a I don't think people do. I don't think people do believe it. So then therefore the real question maybe is, why are teachers acting this way and saying right. that? Because I don't think anyone does buy that. If, you're, if you do buy that mentality that only one person's right and everyone else is wrong, then you're probably already a member of Griffin's Order. And happy as a clam and more, go for it. You know? <laughs> Enjoy your Sewell yeah. Society. I told you about how I, got, how I got kicked out of an order because I was asking too many questions. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Tell that story. That's fun. Because you got kicked out of an order by John Greer's wife. Am I right? Yeah, well, is I mean, she was a spokesperson, but apparently it was I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, it was. Uh, so this was the their, you know, their druidical order of the Golden Dawn. And I was really excited to come across it. You know, I was like, I'm getting into druidry. I have this Golden Dawn background. And oh, I kind of want to combine the two. And oh, somebody already did. Cool. Um, I, you know, I can, I can kind of ride their coattails and, and kind of, um, you know, follow what, what they're doing. Um, I picked up the book. I was kind of confused at first because there were no um, grade initiations. Uh, there were self-initiations for the Bard, for the Ovate Barden Druid grade. They put it in that order, Ovate Bard Druid instead of Bard Ovate Druid. Yeah, I read fine. the Celtic Golden Dawn. Yeah, but they didn't have the, the, and I'm like, is it Golden Dawn? I mean, the whole like the golden dawn is founded on the cipher manuscripts so is it even golden dawn? but i'm like okay whatever it's you know it, i the more i got into it i was like okay this is still 
regardless, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's impressive. Like it's a really impressive, you know, synthesis that he that he put together. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and, and join the order. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, should... don't, I, I don't see that stuff in here, do you? <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, not much, uh, yeah, <laughs> not much Celtic in there. As you well know, <laughs> being an expert in that particular um, I gotta say, yeah, as much I was excited by the Celtic Golden Dawn book as well. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Greer across the board. I really do mm -hmm. like that guy. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, and I love that he's pursued the Welsh Brythonic mm -hmm. mysteries, which exactly. is what galvanized me to do what I'm doing, actually, to finish what I'm doing, because mm -hmm. I was always hoping someone else would do it and I could just mm -hmm. experience it. But he went Welsh, and that was an early decision I noticed I had to make in around 96, 97 when I was starting my research for my first book. And I realized I had to make a decision between the Brythonic and the, and the Gaelic traditions, mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. being three within each. And he went, when, he, when I realized he went Brythonic and Welsh, I was like, perfect. Okay, then I am meant to finish what I'm doing on the Gaelic side of, uh, of that, that branch of the Celtic. And, uh, but with that book, with the Celtic Golden Dawn, because he's done a few of these adaptation sort of things, here's what, what floored me. I, it, I read it and it, it showed to me, it, it, it read to me, it presented to me as, as being written by someone, I would have expected that what that would have been the product of someone who had zero knowledge of the Golden Dawn. And given right. it was Greer, who really right. just did this, the new edition of the GD book, which corrects a lot of old mistakes and makes a bunch of new ones. Yay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why we need new to do editions, right? To create new yeah. mistakes. And oh, God. <laughs> um, what that he should uh, how could he have done i don't know how he could have written it like that would be it's something funny. i love to talk how i don't give it to me and i could go through I, maybe sometime i'll go through, step yeah. by step through that book and be like here's where this doesn't make sense like to me if someone knew the golden dawn as well as greer does and then mm -hmm. wanted to make a celtic golden dawn there's a bunch of things that are super obvious especially structurally right. that would make sense and none of them were there and it just it just didn't it didn't doesn't make sense to me to this day about why made this cho choices i i don't know why it's more it's it's almost more like a golden dawn celtica than a celtic golden dawn <laughs> um because i think that the you know by putting um but there are things that he does that i think display um a really sophisticated understanding of the golden dawn stuff so for instance when he creates his uh his celtic version of the of the lesser ritual the pentagram um he does some he he makes sure to like you know he, he figured he he the, the god names that he uses in the four directions they're all four letters long they balance the the positive and negative and the all this stuff that is that is built into the the hermetic lesser ritual the pentagram but is not very well documented like if you haven't been working it or working with people who know it well you wouldn't necessarily know that and and most versions most adaptations like when i have seen so many enochian versions of the lesser ritual of the pentagram, none of them do that. They don't. They don't. Um, you know, they'll they'll do all kinds of interesting things, but they don't uh, follow. They they take more liberties with the formula than he did. He was actually, uh, yeah, you know. So there there are things like that that I was really impressed by. Um, and cool. yeah. you know the. So, but there was this, so I kind of, so I started, I joined, I signed up for their order. Um, 
And part of it was like, okay, great. Now I can ask, I have somebody to ask questions of. because like what you were saying, like you have all these questions. I have all these questions. Um, so one of the first one was, was a typo. Um, there were two versions of the, he, rather than using Hebrew letters, he uses the uh, geomantic symbols, which is, isn't really Celtic, but whatever. Um, that, see, that is an example <laughs> of one of the things that pissed me off. Um, it's yeah. like, and I, and it didn't, he didn't really, yeah, like there's so many, Anyway, I don't want to complain about it too much because it's just, it, it, the, yeah, I, I, that it just leaves more for me to include and make, you know, make sense out of it. It's, it's, it's really a gift. He's given me a tremendous gift by the things he's ignored. So God bless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, well, when I first approached them, I said, I, you know, I was pretty much, I said like, hey, I'm an adept in an order. I'm really interested in Celtica. I want to do something kind of like what you're doing. I would love to talk to you about, you know, and my, I mean, my first correspondence, which was maybe a bad idea. <laughs> this is maybe, you know, uh, just foolish on my part, but I, I reached out to them saying, hey, I noticed the thing that I said to you that that they don't have, that you don't have great, great initiations in, in your book. Do you have those? And if so, would you be willing to share them? And, I, and if not, would you want to collaborate on developing them? Um, which, you know, I realized was maybe a lot to ask or suggest, but I didn't necessarily expect it to be, uh, they were like deeply offended by this question. Really? Um, uh, yeah. Well, and, and then a year later, when I actually signed up, they're like, you're just going to want to steal this and do your own thing anyway. So, you know, so I was like off to a bad start with them. Yeah. Um, and then I started asking questions about like things like wet alchemy. Um, and they're like, you're trying to innovate. Uh, people who try to innovate are, you know, just uh, they're fools. Uh, just do everything in the book exactly as it is. Don't vary it at all. Going back to what you were saying about, you know, uh, people who think that their their way is the only way, um, which of course it feels very hypocritical to me because the whole Celtic Golden Dawn is itself an innovation, is itself a synthesis. Yeah, I can see their point though. They're saying they're not they're not necessarily saying they're this way is the only way. They're saying, look, we've written a book, yeah, and we're helping people do what's in the book, and that's it. That's sort of fair. Yeah, except that, I don't know, it's like, if, I mean, the thing that was sort of funny was like, I, you know, I happen to have uh, fresh vervain, which I've been growing because of my work in, the, in Obad, and there's a thing about making a vervain tincture with dry vervain, and so I wrote them saying, hey, I happen to have fresh vervain, uh, would it be appropriate to use that in the tincture, and if not, is there, you know, is there some other use for it? And that's, and so the, the answer to the question, which was a, a good answer, which was no, <laughs> uh, the tincture is made with dried vervain. If you change it, it won't work right. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and wet alchemy is a different skill and you'll get into that later. Okay, cool. I'm glad to know that. I didn't know that, that wasn't clear. Um, and then came this sort of like, how dare you, you know, ask questions beyond what is in the grade material? Like, okay. That's, and, and, that's and not how you teach. <laughs> they actually kick you out? Eventually, yeah. They, wow. they, well, they didn't actually, no, they didn't technically kick me out. They, they put me, they said, I, they banned me from posting to the news group 
which by the way was completely silent until I arrived and completely silent after I left. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't looking uh, for active members, maybe more yeah. passive members. <laughs> Pay your dues and shut up. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try that with my students <laughs> next time they ask yeah. me. Question, be like, shut up. <laughs> that's exactly what it was yeah it's like you can't you don't ask don't you're not allowed to post you're you've been banned from posting for three months uh then you must be re-examined for the you know the first grade and you must do everything exactly as it is without any variation and if i've follow. i've heard of those operating practices before where have i heard of them some online platforms oh right all of them yeah right yeah <laughs> so so yeah, that was just, that was sort of like, okay, well, that's, that's disappointing. Um, yeah, that really sucks. Cause you were, they, they lost a really awesome member in you really. And, per, and if you were the only one active on their, their boards of all their <laughs> I members. Mean, I was getting people, I was starting conversations. Like people were, people were responding to what I was bringing up and bring up their own stuff. And, you know, I mean, how dare you else... act like a true adept <laughs> and somebody bring was people like, oh, together I'm on this, on this Excite. space thing and i'm like oh that's cool let me tell me more about that and then they get mad at me for talking about the oh, wow. anyway <laughs> wow. yeah what a way to crush the human spirit yeah and yeah and it's sad because i mean it, it is it's like it's such you know it, like guru knows this stuff like you know reading i mean you know he like reading that book was really and and reading about his work on geomancy which again is not celtic at all but it's cool it's it's really interesting stuff but People like Geomancy want included in everything. People, and that's good. I'm glad there's people out there that that are into it because I'm not, and <laughs> they're keeping it alive. But yeah, I don't think it has any place in in anything Celtic, whatsoever. But neither does the Hebrew alphabet. So you know. Well, um, it does have a place in the order of Celtic mysteries because that's what Yeats intended. That's right. Because that's the beauty. Was, yeah. That's the beauty of his vision was to create an order of Celtic mysteries that was fused with the Golden Dawn. That was his vision. Right. The Golden Dawn magic with a, that ex, using Golden Dawn methodologies and magic to explore the Celtic mysteries and right. to engage with those spirits and gods and, and Ogham, Oam and, and everything else. So there it was intended from the beginning, which is... Yeah. Yeah, and mixing Hebrew names with, um, you know, using a Hebrew divine name to govern a, a Irish god has precedent mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. all magical traditions. Look yeah. at the entire PGM, right. uh, virtually every, almost every extent, like Adonai in Jewish religion is, is, a, is, a, is not a Hebrew name. It's not, mm. right? This is, this is an Ugaritic word, essentially. It also spawned the name Adonis. Adonis and Adonai both come okay. from, have the common root of the Ugaritic word Yadun, apostrophe huh. E-N in English uh, orthography. Um, and it means Lord. So like, and, and other names, uh, El Elyon, like God the Most yeah, High. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, there's a ton, of, there's a long history of, of using divine names from older languages or other languages interacting with that. That's nothing that's not even syncretism that's just tradition that's culture yeah. at work right <laughs> that's right i've been reading um a lot of peter gray recently have you do you know peter gray oh how come that rings a bell 
Uh, he became pretty well known with his Rewilding Witchcraft book and Apocalyptic Witchcraft. Sorry, Rewilding no. Witchcraft was a talk and Apocalyptic Witchcraft is a book. Um, he's um, He wrote the, the Red Goddess. I think that was his first book. Um, and he's, he's really into Babylon. Um, but he, I've been reading his uh, Lucifer uh, Princepis and um, has a really interesting kind of exegesis of, um, of the Bible from a, a pagan uh, Canaanite kind of perspective of like, okay, we don't know much about the uh, Canaanite religion and the, you know, Babylonian tradition, but what we, a big resource for us is actually the Bible, just like prior to the Nagabani library, everything that we knew about Gnosticism was written by its critics. Um, so it's the same kind of thing. We're like, okay, in the in the Genesis three with with Adam and Eve, um, how that's actually a, uh, a a revision of an older story of um, basically Eve as this like priestess of the snake goddess who initiates Adam. Um, anyway, it's kind of a neat. Well. <laughs> Genesis three is, was written by what we call the Yahwist in right. in in uh, in uh, biblical criticism terms, right? So that's actually the oldest chunk of of, of Genesis, mm -hmm. and it would predate any form of Gnosticism. No, it predates any form of Gnosticism. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't predate. It's. It, sorry, I was, I was, okay. I was conflating two things. Um, what I what I was saying about Gnosticism was about how before we. Uh, what we know about the prior to the Nag Hammadi library, most of what we knew about Gnosticism was written by its critics. Oh yeah. So what we most of what we know today about the the pre-Hebraic uh, Canaanite religion was mm. written by the Hebrews. Yeah. So the Hebrews were basically trying to were were taking the Canaanite myths and and you know flipping them over or you know doing things like that. And so that's Darn how dirty we, Canaanites. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we, we can read about what the religion was like when we read about all the things that uh, the Hebrews were forbidden from doing. <laughs> so we should really, you know, the, the Israelites were uh, hill tribes that gathered together loosely in association in the hills of Cana and basically mm -hmm. uh, usurped Canaan, Canaanite culture mm -hmm. and took it over. So really mm -hmm. what we should be holding is Canaanite flags rather than Palestine or Israel ones. And so holding... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> See, if Kana, like everybody angry. <laughs> See, like, you like that? It wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't throw something one grenade like that out there. We need a Can we need a Canaanite flag, a Canaanite re religion. We need to respect Canaanite culture. First, we have to find out what it is, of course. Um, but hey, John Greer could maybe help us out there. He's yeah. good with that type of stuff. Um, yeah, no, anyway. <laughs> um, where were what were we talking about? It's so good to see you, man. Yeah. So good to see yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. For 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 my exclusive members, you can get the video of this on magicwithoutfears.com or hermeticpodcast.com because they keep banning my URLs all over the internet. <laughs> I have to always buy new URLs and make new aliases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Think about aliases and magical names, and you know, I just think I should have a a, a, a pseudonym. I, I you know I don't I don't use my my magical motto very publicly because I feel like it's you know if you're not if you're not in that sphere it's just like weird like yeah um, yeah when I when I started getting more public I I tried to I tried to to just use my name like I did at, you know Pantheacon I had my name and Fred RC in, in parentheses, but yeah, no, the, 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 the death threats to my family got ha- severe fast and, uh, oh dear. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, threats to just, yeah. Yeah. And, and real ones like, you know, oh, we'll, we're going to run your mom over with a car if you don't go away, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, what, what was, what was so getting people riled up? I mean, what, Oh, a lot of people after, um, I, you know, uh, went silent after Temple Tehuti closed after a few years. I think a lot of things happened. Uh, um, mainly it's, it's people like uh, Griffin, his order, and, and other kinds of people like that. There are people in the, those spheres that are very, uh, they're, they, yeah, they believe in might makes right. They believe if that they have the right to steal or, or kill whoever they want because God authorizes them. This is a problem in human life in general, um, across the board in every arena. And uh, in Canada, unfortunately, you don't really have the right to defend yourself or protect yourself. The cops have no interest in upholding any kind of laws at all. Um, yeah. Same in Oakland. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah um well but there at least like you at least there you can sort of protect yourselves if someone breaks into your house you have that's true you've uh, you're losing the right but you sort of still have the right to defend yourself at least oh sure um here you don't you don't like mm-hmm. the person whose house they got they got broken into is more likely to get arrested than the people breaking in even if they're caught in the act mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and a lot of canadians are going to get mad when i say that but including close friends of mine who have already gotten mad at stuff I've said on this podcast about our medical system and stuff, but it's like, I'm sorry, I've been through this multiple times. Um, and I, it's, it's real. If you haven't spent like one year alone, I was had six trips to the emergency room because of, because of this, um, in one year alone, uh, in 2018. So, uh, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, there's a lot of scumbags out there and we all need to be, Oh yeah. Be awake be aware um yeah it's our you have you have the right to protect your life and human dignity in my opinion and if the country you live in doesn't agree with you well then you're in a real pickle i remember um i think i might have told you this when we talked before uh i used to take um uh was magua magua uh 
form of kung fu in New York with a guy. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but um, he uh, he said that martial arts doesn't make you a better person; it just makes you more of who you are. Um, so if you are a good person, you'll be a better person, but if you're an asshole, you'll be a bigger asshole. Um, and I think the same is true with magic. <laughs> I think it's just sort of like an amplifier. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it makes people better. Um, it just makes people more. <laughs> I think there's a, yeah, there's definitely something to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did have, I had disagreements with like the, my, my, old friend back in the day who now runs the Lesky's order and he 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 believed if someone was a criminal or a, a killer or a drug dealer that it, they should join the golden dawn because it'll make them into a good person but he was a drug dealer at the time and uh and uh he it didn't make him a better person it made him a a person that wreaked damage on mine and my family's life that will never that it ruined our my family it destroyed our my family like flat out he destroyed it he ripped it apart um me and my sister will never have a close relationship because of what, what he did to her so yeah. not really not like yeah it uh it's tough you know though it's good that it's good that we talk about this a bit i don't i don't shy away from this stuff no fears no fear be without fear <laughs> this is magic without fears because fear is failure so um and uh yeah more important now than ever probably to talk about this stuff that since uh you know we may see an internet in the very near future in which none of this kind of thing can be said at all and this might be the last chance to say a lot of things that we all want to say to each other on a global scale before we don't get to talk anymore um without complete yeah we're I, most a lot of my friends have completely cut off from any sort of method that you can see them um online or in their general wear masks on any video they go because they will come they will come for you uh, and if you think they won't it, this is how this is how fascist regimes and totalitarian autocracies start is this is exactly how it goes this is exactly how nazi germany happened what, what we're seeing happen right now in both our countries because this canada is a testing ground for american policies right so they're testing mm -hmm. out on us what they want to be able to do to you as always as always this is why Canada exists for the states. Mm. Scary, huh? <laughs> is it fucking terrifying? Well, I don't know. I'm, Have I'm a great like... week, folks. <laughs> oh, it's Tuesday. It's not even Monday. Why did I think it was Monday? Oh, yeah. the beautiful day. Well, because yesterday was, well, I, guess, I was going to say because yesterday was Memorial Day, but you, that wouldn't affect you. But... Yeah, no, I, I, I wish many people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's beautiful weather here, though, like, like the best days you could, this is ideal, like, it's amazing weather, so I'm going to hit the seawall again after this, and, oh, beautiful, so, you know, there's lots to be grateful for, but yeah, we do need to, I think we should appreciate these freedoms while we still have them, and use them for the best things we can use them for, which is probably to, like, raise a bit of awareness, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah um it looks like uh it looks like things could get better uh sooner but who knows i don't know man well yeah i mean i don't know pandemic wise things are definitely looking good in the states but of course that neglects the whole rest of the world where you know virus can mutate and yeah you know, who knows. my friends in australia can't leave like yeah they, they, they yeah they lost their tours and had to they're still yeah not allowed to Whew. 
well, how do we do it? Yep. And Where are we, what are we doing? With the, with the uh, censorship, you know, I, I got off Facebook a while back, but I, I had to get back on in order to promote this thing that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like to say that I'm, I'm on Facebook to try to get people off of it. <laughs> um, because, you know, the, the, uh, the way in which that kind of just messes with people's heads, um, it's, it's no bueno. Um, no. Anyway, so um, what was your favorite officer role at, in a, in the Golden Montana? What was your favorite oh, officer? Carrick's? Oh, yeah. I actually wanted to be Carrick so bad, but by the time I had a chance, I was uh, an adept, so it's like I should be sitting on the dais. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to be Carrick's. And they, they thought that they were like, holy shit, like that you're the first. I think I was the first one in our, definitely the first one in our temple's history to take a, a lesser role than their grade off. Like I could have just been sitting on, I could have been, I was premonstrator. I could have been sitting on my throne as the premonstrator, but I wanted to be Carrick. So I was Carrick. Actually, I think. And I'm so glad know, it was I, such a fun role. Oh my God. Yeah, Carrick's is great. Carrick's is great. Awesome. Although I've, I've done Carrick's a, a few times and I also, you know, Carrick's is the same thing as the senior deacon in, in masonry, which I, I love that role. That's my favorite, um, my favorite role. Um, but I'm actually going to adjust that because Hiris was also really cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you did this. I did in that twice. Temple. I did Hiris twice, twice, yeah. So in in um, in the OSS, uh, not the Office of Secret Services, but <laughs> the Order of the Sevenfold Star, um, the uh, we we you know um, we followed the Crowley's you know the 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 Book of the Law adjustments. So so set so that Hiris is is set and the Hierophant is. Um, her quit. Um, so I got to invoke set, um, which was a great relief to our previous uh, Hyrus, who was who had to, who had to be in that role for for years because he was the invoked, only person who was invoked set as Hyrus. Yeah, that's insane. That's not smart. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's not smart. We no no that that for anyone listening, don't ever do that. Don't ever okay. do that. We did one well, ceremony actually, once where one adept took on the role of set and. He was so fucked for so long afterwards bringing you have to well so it's um actually we had somebody leave because of that he was okay like, ah, okay there's no way yeah so he's like um, you, you were just saying like oh and he had so much fun it was so great oh and someone had left as a result of this well dangerous left, no no he left he left without ever seeing it in action he left okay. he left on principle just the uh, same way that you're you know yeah. um and he was, this was one of the, the Homsky people. What was the justification um, for bringing the god set into the role of the Hyrus? Uh, that's what it says you're supposed to do in the, in the Book of the Law. Um, Book of the Law, and, right. So you guys really were a fusion temple with yeah, some Thelemic yeah. elements. Definitely some Thelemic elements. We weren't, uh, so our Hierophant and founder uh, considered, considers himself, uh, well, I don't know if he still does, but considered himself a Thelemite um and uh but did not it was not explicitly a thelemic order right one of the things that was really interesting for me was when he when we were just getting started so this was during the period he had initiated he'd done three initiations so far i was the fourth uh although one of those three had kind of dropped off he'd done those three using the traditional golden dawn style um including the golden dawn god forms and it was um, through 
I don't know, whatever. He he kind of got a sense that like, okay, you know, I need to set really wants to talk to me. And so we're going to do this. So, um, so this was before I had been voted on to be admitted, but I hadn't yet had my neophyte initiation. Um, but they decided, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> let, let Alessandro join us for this. Um, and um, so he, so we were, I was pretty much just as an observer, um, but he did an invocation of, of Set to basically like kind of have this conversation with Set, but he did it with us there um, and find out what was going on. And, um, and it, was a, it was a like very powerful, very memorable experience. Um, I myself have never shied away from that, you know, that sort of force. Um, Kali and Shiva have always been kind of, uh, I've always been pretty cool with them. Um, and, you know, and Set is a really interesting god and he's very angry, obviously. Um, and he has, you know, but if you look into his history, he's got, he's got some reason to be angry. <laughs> well, yeah, he's been through many phases too. <laughs> yeah. There's probably more than one Set. Yeah, um, but um, when harnessed correctly, he is an incredible Pyrrhus, Pyrrhus, whatever you want to call it, um, because he will cut through all your bullshit. Um, and but I think Horus would does that just fine without any of the evil. <laughs> uh, Horus can do that too. Um, yeah, Horus definitely could do that too. Like if um, I was I to think... if I was to tell Horace, I was like, you know, you've done a good job, but I think from now on I'm gonna work with Set instead. Well, Horace he... gets a promotion because Horace. Horace gets to become the the Hierophant, so he's happy. <laughs> Your Hierophant took on Horace instead of Osiris. Oh uh, yeah, and the and the the Hegemon becomes Osiris. Well, it was Osiris. definitely a Thelemic temple, whether you like it yeah. or not, brother. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those I things can where see I why of some like... of our members uh, didn't stick around one yeah. day found you yeah uh, <laughs> that was just fine it's 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 his own thing um it you turned out well so amen i've been it's funny like i well i've come to realize that i'm i mean I, you know there are times where people would accuse me of being a thalamite and i took it as a compliment sure, uh, sure. <laughs> and i've i've kind of come to like i still don't i don't i don't because i i mean there's so many too many problems with curly and i don't i'm not a big fan of the book of the law but um but there are certain aspects of that philosophy that I think are spot on. Like the whole idea of like magic being about finding your true will and then making that happen. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, you know, and the first step is finding your true will. Um, yeah, I, I think about this quite a bit. I think we all do. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting. I think one of the tricks that i'm sure thelemites talk about in their theology um is some people i think can get distracted by the idea that your true will is a singular thing rather than right simply that's something that i struggled with the will of, yeah. the will of your true self right. and the will of your true self might be as varied and uh, multifarious and have as many options as your regular will and each, right. each path is equally true i mean most of us, you get to the top of the mountain eventually, no matter how many times you slip and fall off a few cliffs. Um, 
but so that's 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 something it's like it's not like you necessarily have this one thing and that's that's all there is and uh, that can people that can, can, people people can misread that yeah it's definitely open to misreading crowley loved to make himself open to misreading that was his favorite thing in the world <laughs> yes um yeah. you know he, he definitely the approach that if you're too stupid to get exactly what i meant then you deserve to be well and one thing right. actually i want to i wonder if, how you feel about this because you know yeah one of the things that really tripped me up also is that he the way he presents it is like okay you're gonna you're gonna go through the grades and then you're gonna do the abermillion operation or something like it and you're gonna meet you're gonna have knowledge and conversation with your holy guardian angel and then your holy guardian angel is gonna just like guide you by the hand for the rest of your life yeah yeah <laughs> no i was like wait where's my you know i i, I thought i did the abermillion operation and i thought that i connected and then i'm like where's that where's that hand holding like i'm still i still yeah. don't know what i'm doing what's going on here um i think i kind of feel like there was a bit of a bait and switch there like <laughs> that's not really how it works um and i've talked to others but i don't know how, how what your experience has been like but... my experience is um when i'm doing my true will and uh that i that i that i do have the benefits of having my higher self and the direction of my holy guardian angel on my side when i'm not doing my true will it tends to leave me alone like i don't know what that fool's doing uh but that's okay i guess um but usually usually when i do when i do uh operational work to communicate with my hga um it's it's always to get direction onto how to improve my path how to how to see it more clearly and how i might make choices that that make me more of my true self they emphasize exalt my true self and spiritual nature rather than exalting my false self and lower nature um and that can be hard i mean everything i've been doing last few years is definitely as much in line with my true will and the directions i'm being given as possible and that's led to some uh, thwarting of the desires of the lower self and uh mm -hmm. that struggles and there's a there's a tension that that arises which is a healthy thing um i think because that's the journey that's the spiritual journey that shows you where where you have other magical workings that you can do um mm -hmm but yes it, it also means you're not just doing what's best for yourself financially or or emotionally or even physically uh, a lot of the time um so yeah it's something I, I i wrestle with my angel as we should all wrestle with our angels um and uh it's it's our job to win actually not to to mm -hmm. lose it's our our job like 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 jacob when he became israel right mm -hmm. he, he, you're meant to wrestle and you're meant to win which is mm -hmm. to me represents the the descent of the divine genius into the seat mm -hmm. in tiferet to be that's mm -hmm. the process of adepthood um spiritually mm -hmm. speaking um is to 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 let that guidance and governance take up things in the soul otherwise i wouldn't have the amount of energy i have to keep mm -hmm. to do everything i'm doing and i wouldn't wake up excited to do it every day the reason mm -hmm. I wake up excited to do it every day and can barely take breaks to to eat and other <laughs> ablutions and exercise, right, is is mm -hmm. because of that over my cup is overflowing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you mm -hmm. want. You've got to fill your mm -hmm. cup till it overflows. If your mm -hmm. cup's not full, that's your first priority. But mm -hmm. when it's overflowing, that's this beauteous beatific experience of living life in this flow state of knowing what you're meant to do and being mm -hmm. 
despite what, whether no matter where you are in the world or in your life, you're just, you have this deep sense of satisfaction and fullness that, that mm -hmm. spills over that you can then share with others because you're in line, you're mm -hmm. in line. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how my, that's my experience of it anyway. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, I have, I did have my um, HGA show up once very shockingly and uh, the presence in the room was uh, uh, my friend who I'd gone over to whose house for Thanksgiving dinner um, uh, had left the apartment briefly and my all of a sudden the room filled with this presence of terror and I recognized mm. it instantly and it just said leave and I Ooh, threw right. on my shoes and coat and I ran out of the building and I saw people with guns entering the front door and my friend letting them in oh. they were going to throw me off the balcony um yeah oh. yeah well they had uh they, wow. they had stolen they still to this day have stolen property including id and stuff at their houses and they don't want to go to jail so the only way for the only way for 30 40 people in this world to avoid jail is for is my death and that that's that that remains to this day i mean that will that will follow me my my whole life pretty, pretty much Thanks. um because you know because canada doesn't give a shit you know there's no no protections here crazy right i mean it's crazy uh you know but what what else can you do i don't know what else can you do right do you have any thoughts about that uh <laughs> it's a tricky one right when when people commit crimes and get caught committing them and then have to cover their asses so they uh i don't know um, well my my general approach with that sort of thing is to try to just uh, try to be like you know lotus leaf or you know just try to let it let it you know not not try to not get attached or not cling although i'm not trying to i can't give you advice on this obviously it's sort yeah of, uh, you're in a different well, situation it's but... a good example of your true will not necessarily being something that's going to uh give you what you want um it's mm -hmm. it's about something that might um like yeah yeah if i if i if i just stop doing everything that I love mm -hmm. and and vanished then oh, these people then these people would be very happy and that would most people would probably say that's the that's the wise move but mm -hmm. what's the point in living then what's the point in living is it to is it to live as long as you can in some degraded state of life or is it to just live brightly and burn brightly and share your love and 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 beauty with the world and if there's dark people out there and dark forces that that want that don't like that you're doing that um is is the answer to succumb to them no of course not and uh does this work out well for you always no look at jesus you know it doesn't necessarily <laughs> look at work out well and one thing in one thing in in the five six initiation that you you might recall is uh is a few uh statements about the fact that if you take this path that far, um, you may be led into these sort of situations that might be part of your your purpose on this earth. And, and uh, I mean, if that's... you're not up for it. They make it very clear prior to adepthood that if you're not up for that kind of thing, this is not for you. Yeah, um, that is all true. Um, however, I will say the best advice that I ever got when dealing with somebody who was a psychopath and who 
was somebody who made my life miserable was that the best revenge is to live a good life. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Which is why you have me here today doing my podcast, mm -hmm. not giving two fucks about the cunt fuckers out there that are uh, greedy and lazy and just want to take what other people earn. <laughs> they can suck it. <laughs> suck it. I'm, a, I'm having a great time. Yeah. Sorry, people. I, what's funny, it's funny <laughs> to be doing a podcast like this because you know those people are listening probably even closer than the average listener. <laughs> it's always it's weird to be a public person in any way i i've i've noticed this my whole life since i've been public a lot of my life and it's crazy you know <laughs> like you're doing your work you like you're going to release a course and you know the, the yeah. people are the people that the people that don't like it are the ones who are going to pay the most attention to you for the rest of your life <laughs> yep yep i used to Have live I... with some uh anarchists <laughs> and uh they're um yeah, I'm sure that it was the, the FBI paying more attention to them than any of their comrades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, man, yeah, you can't, you can't win in this life. You can, you can only celebrate it, really, celebrate this reality and, and prepare for the next. I do think the next reality is more fantastic than we suspect. I'm, I, I do, I have come sort of to that conclusion over the years. There was periods where I didn't think so, especially when I was doing certain kinds of work. Mm. But I don't know, what, what do you think? Have you, have you, uh, have you uh, explored much of the, uh, those deep astral realms and spirits and asked them questions like that or, 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 or experienced uh, psychedelic realms and entities that, that, that communicate to you about any of that sort of stuff? Um, no, not, not quite like that. Um, I mean, my, I guess my sort of thinking about that sort of thing is that everything that we identify with, everything that we identify with ourselves, that we, you know, our, our memories, our sense of identity um, is all temporary um, and that will fall apart eventually. Yeah. Um, in, in some cases, like with my grandmother, who's has Alzheimer's, it's falling apart while she's still alive. Um, you know, most of us, of course, it happens when we die. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just think that the ego is not that big of a deal. It feels like a really big deal. Um, but I don't, I think that it's, uh, I don't know, I, I I think that when, when it comes to things like karma and reincarnation, the way that I understand that is that um, the, you know, karma literally means action, right? And actions have consequences and those consequences reverberate across lifetimes. Um, and those action and the, the effects of those actions incarnate in individuals. And that is how karma reincarnates across lifetimes. But I don't think that the person who's sitting here talking to you is going to anything that is makes me me is going to exist after I die. Um, I mean, I was even, you know, I was in preparation for this conversation. I was looking back over email exchanges I had with, with Nineveh just to kind of refresh my memory in case we, in case yeah. we talking about that. Yeah. It's so cool that you spent some time in, uh, good old well, I never met Nemo's him order. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, corresponded with him a lot over email for, for, period and i really liked him it? i really liked him he's the he's the reason i got into the gd like it was him he fought for me and a couple others down in la who 
had good intuitions on me, really fought for me. Mm-hmm. But Nineveh was 16 when he was initiating the Golden Dawn and trained by the people mm-hmm. who then later trained me. But he also, he, he really trained our two main adepts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's, they then, they then trained me and, and built Temple mm-hmm. Tehuti up along with the mm-hmm. rest of us who, yeah. So he was a very cool magician. Um, yeah, he seems like, a, I mean, you know, he seemed like a really, like a good guy, you know, I mean, he, you know, didn't seem very, like he knew his, he knows his stuff, but he didn't, he didn't strike me as like, I don't know, you, t- you tell me, but I, he didn't strike me as like terribly arrogant, um, the way that a lot of. No, he's a funny was, guy. He's a funny yeah. guy. Um, yeah, all, all of us at Tahuti had a very, very healthy sense of humor. Um, That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was a totally different person back then. Like I was looking back and I was like, wow, I was just, I mean, I was like, a, you know, it, the only reason why I have any, you know, it, it was like a little, like a different person who was writing those emails 16 years ago, 17 years ago, whatever. Um, that just happens to have wow. an email account that I have access to. That's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I think sometimes, and I know some people will be interested to hear, like I, I, uh, so I didn't want to come into this world. Like they'd use forceps and everything. Like I did not want to come into it. And, uh, my mom had lost a pregnancy prior to my birth. And apparently I, I appeared to her in a dream prior to her giving birth and it, like as a you know being of light of course saying don't worry everything's going to be fine and and i said other things apparently that when she does a little podcast with me one of these nights we'll get some of that out if we can and so that made her feel better but it was a very difficult time when she then when she she drew my chart up um after i was born uh she just saw it and burst into tears um, <laughs> apparently it is is the story she still still sticks by so that that that's what happened and uh yeah, well, um, and that's why I don't like astrology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's better to be surprised by those things. But you know, uh, having Mars and Mercury conjunct in the fourth house is never going to be an easy ride. Um, as a kid, and we had a very rough childhood. Um, but yeah, the feeling that so through my early past life memories and 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 workings like that that I was drawn to as a as a child. Um, the, the impressions I kept getting and the memories I kept getting were that I had focused most of the memories I could recall on spiritual development um, and or love. But those were the two, the two memories I kept getting were ones of, you know, where of like, you know, some, someone who dies as a romantic or someone who dies as a spiritual pursuer of, of mystical things. And then over the course of like, you know, when I was, she was taking me to a bunch of psychics and, and other spiritual people. And I was, you know, again, initiated at age seven so into, into yogic tradition and had teachers. Then there a lot of, we would go, we'd go to a lot of traveling healers and teachers that would come through and you'd go see them, all of that stuff, that full shebang in the early nineties. Um, but the thing that was common across, cause what's interesting is when four psychics over five years tell you the same thing. <laughs> that's interesting if they tell you the same one detail doesn't if those are the things that i always look for where things line up um mm-hmm. and and the the the, the karma might have i think was that as much as i might be here to help uh to do spiritual work and help you know, people spiritually the, the things i have to learn are how to manifest that in this world through mm-hmm. a kind of uh well i hate the phrase social action is about is a tricky term these days but 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 like by seeing that that light finally actually manifest into real forms so mm-hmm. 
one of the temptations I've struggled with, of course, being what I've gone through is the temptation to use magic to, you know, get revenge or hurt the people mm. that, that wish me dead. Um, and mm. I think most magicians would without a mm. second thought. If someone wants, if someone's actively, if people are actively sure. want you dead, then, then you have the right to defend yourself. I don't have that freedom magically given the vows I've taken and mm. uh, given my belief uh, as well. Mm. And I think there is something for me to learn this lifetime about finding like the judgment card. Like if, if there's mm. a, if there's a tarot card that represents a final incarnation, it's probably Shin, mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. that letter of the spirit of God. And that shows that, that, that some things need to be resolved on their own plane. And so in this mm. incarnation, there's things I need to resolve on their own plane. And I do believe that some of those things are justice related. Um, mm -hmm. and, and seeing that, you know, cause sometimes you just have to have your day in court, quote unquote, right. You know, mm -hmm. um, and be heard and really, and yeah. make your point. And if you, if you can't get heard, you might die on a cross, but so be it. You're, you're still, it's still that, that the, it's still happening in the physical plane, that final shin coming into Tav and that equilibrium mm -hmm. of the elements. And I think that might be a, that, that might be very much that kind of experience I'm having prior to not returning. Mm -hmm. As it happens, I don't actually really believe in reincarnation in that way. And I'm not really convinced my past life memories are memories of physical past lives, but that's neither here nor there because right. the experience <laughs> is still the same um, exactly. of this reality and this moment in time. So there you go. There I've, uh, that's something, that's a something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, yeah i need well, one of the things that i think um and i thank you for bringing that back around because i love that that <laughs> kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier um but the uh one of the things i think is kind of interesting and and problematic with a lot of people who go down this path is that they you know they want to do the they want to just leap right into the into the spiritual and go into these like sublime realms and um, a lot of times it's a form of escapism, right? And, and kind of what you're talking about is, is not doing that, is, is not escaping, not, not, you know, is not checking out, but is, is like, okay, there's work to be done here. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it, if you just do it all on this sort of like astral plane, you know, it, it, the, the work needs to be done here. It needs to be, yeah. you know. Um, you, have to complete, and, you have to complete the process of manifestation right yeah you've got yeah. you've got it the magic is aligning your yud mm -hmm. with the active vav so that mm -hmm. you can take the superior hay and manifest it into the final hay because mm -hmm. they're the both hay so the same thing anyway the only thing standing in their way is the vav which mm -hmm. is you know so many things this is really just an, a yud drawing itself down into reality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. about that a lot yeah yeah, it's funny how that the Tetragrammaton can be such a powerful uh, symbol, source of inspiration and meditation. It's, all, it's almost like it has some inherent divinity somehow. <laughs> almost like that. I mean, I'm not joking when I say that. It's almost no, like it I does. I, I, yeah. I don't know that it does, but I seems like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I wonder, you know, one of the things that I, think is kind of interesting in, in um, well, I think one of the things that's kind of missing in, and maybe, maybe it's not missing, maybe it's just I haven't 
it's just not what I've been seeing, but it's just sort of, I, I find that a lot of the stuff that's in the Golden Dawn, one of the things I don't like about it is like this sort of, this line, I think it's in, I think it's in the Theorcus initiation of, you know, quit the spirit, quit the material and seek the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, you know, the people who, <laughs> anyone who advances to that grade probably doesn't need to be told to quit the material and seek the spiritual. They need to be told more likely is, <laughs> you need to deal with the material. <laughs> um, Do you think so? Maybe. Or maybe that is the grade to truly just, I mean, I think part of the elemental, any elemental grades is to get lost in the element to some extent and, and learn how to True. navigate your way in it. I mean, we find yes. this a lot. That's why tattva working is so powerful because when you're in tattvas, like you it feels like you're in that element and the rules seem different according to that mm. element um in subtle ways that you can that can become vivid experiences in your active imagination <laughs> yes no that's true i looked at it that way as like this is an appropriate teaching for this grade yes i i, I that makes a lot of sense to me but yeah um, um definitely maybe if you're getting too lost in the orcus in the air grade you haven't done so, enough earth or, or that, you know, part of it is experiencing imbalances. So, mm-hmm. you know, what they are, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's definitely a part of it. Yep. Yeah. That isn't, I mean, it's a, I mean, they're all interesting grades, but, um, but, but uh, I, yeah, people do tend to get lost in yours. Scott Stenwick believes that the elemental order of grades is wrong um, and should, and he reversed it and did experiments with, uh, with water, coming before air i believe or maybe before i I think that makes a lot of sense yeah and i i i've talked you know and i know that it it violates the tetragrammaton formula um but i think the tetragrammaton formula vibrate violates other formula as well so like sometimes we violate the the directional formula of starting things in the east with the watchtower which starts in the south because of yod Right. So, so these formulas are meant to be interactive and dynamic. They're they're meant to serve our use. Not, we're not meant to be cookie cutter molded onto them. Right. And that's, that's, again, that's, that's that neuro, that's that neurological cognitive way of probably ending up in thinking that yours is the only right way. You know, if you've cookie cuttered yourself into someone's reality, then, uh, yeah, it's it, it reminds me of St. John of the Cross in Dark Night of the Soul, where he warns that those then end up measuring God by themselves and not themselves by God. Mm. Their God yes. becomes modeled after what they know rather than they are modeled after God, which they which we never know. And that's that's the problem with Ken Wilber. I don't know if you're very familiar with his. I am. <laughs> now let's talk <laughs> about it? my bald brother. I remember the first time I saw a picture of him as a kid. I'm like, if I ever lose my hair, I'm going to kill myself. It's so fast because I had the most long flowing, almost black hair down to my waist. And uh, yeah, nature sure got me there, baby. Let's see. I'm joking, but it's a it's a real thing. Like, like, I mean, you don't any guy will tell you the amount of girls that won't date you because if you don't have hair is crazy. I mean, girls might not realize this, but guys know this. I have a round head. I'm sort of lucky. But, but you know, I, like, you know the point, though. It's a real thing. Yeah. Like, that's not a joke. There's like, yeah. 
a huge percentage of, of women that will never even talk to a guy who's got no hair or is losing his hair. And I know this because they tell me this. They're like, not in regard to me. They always make, seem to make yeah, exceptions yeah. for me. Thank, <laughs> thank you, ladies. <laughs> you're, you're the one that redeems all bald men. Well, if um, you're in love with someone, you love someone, right? Let's let's be real. It's we're talking about. We're not talking about true love here. When someone says something like that, that is that's more it's <laughs> more Tinder criteria. Um, not yeah. that I would know. I I really don't. I really don't. Um, yeah. But uh, um, Ken Wilber was uh, fascinating yeah. me my whole life. I've only read snippets, though. So I mean, what... he's an interesting guy, and I think you know. I mean, I read you know his magnum opus, Sex, Psychology, Spirituality, which you know really blew me away at the time. And there's definitely a lot, a lot good there. But what I later, you know, the problem, his problem is that he he comes up with this this all quadrants, all levels model. It's a, it's like a, a unified theory of every of all knowledge it's almost like the he's problem, the 20th century version of blavatsky maybe uh i don't i'm not create, familiar with blavatsky well blavatsky believed her her secret doctrine i said her her whole thing was mm -hmm. a unified global religious system was well he's trying everything. to go beyond religion he's trying to do religion science humanities he's trying to like get everything in there yeah yeah and the problem is that she did that you too, know, but they didn't have much distinction in the 1800s between humanities and science. I'm pretty sure rhetoric was still a science back then. <laughs> right, right. Grammar. Uh, rhetoric and grammar uh, are not the same, but yes. Moving no, on. No, I know. We don't need yeah. to talk about Aristotle. <laughs> Enough with Aristotle. Yes, I know. They're, they're totally different liberal sciences. Um, but, science uh, <laughs> and theology is the queen of the science um but the yeah the problem with his his model is that it tries to it, it it's this cookie cutter it's trying to it, reality is not doesn't conform to our models and this is i think what what um robert anton wilson was so clever about was that he i don't know how much robert anton wilson you've read um yeah yeah i've read i've read i've only read um prometheus rising and this uh the what's it called cosmic trigger or the no, Illuminatus trilogy? Um, no, 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 no. Um, the Parsons thing? Oh, uh, Love and Rockets? But I think you just wrote the intro to that. I don't think you I've, well, I've read Love and Rockets and Prometheus Rising. Yeah, so I, haven't read, I haven't read Prometheus Rising again since I read it in 94. Right. So I should probably read it uh, as an adult, but um, it'd be interesting to see if it holds up. Yeah. I've been doing um, that with a, with a few books, actually. Um, what was uh -huh. the one I was just rereading? Um, well, Confessions, I read that when I was 14, 15, and I started rereading it in California again. Very different experience being close to the age he was when he wrote it versus a kid. Mm, um, right. And the other one I was reading that you might find interesting. Um, oh, um, damn, it'll come back to me. Sorry. Continue. Uh, well, I want to, well, I, lo I, I love that we're talking about Ken Wilber. He's something that we've never talked about on this podcast, and I'm sure a lot of people are curious. Yeah. So I think, well, I, you know, Ken Wilber and, and Wilson are kind of interesting to juxtapose because I think what, what Wilson observed, what was wrong with Wilber's whole thing was that Wilber was trying to come up with one unified theory to explain everything. And the fact is that reality doesn't work that way. Um, it's, what, it's exactly what you were saying about, you know, St. John of the Cross. Um, if you try to fit everything into a mold, 
you're going to be doing disservice to it. You're trying to, you're, you are, you're gonna get it wrong. Um, and this is what we know now from physics, from quantum physics, right? You, one model does not account, cannot possibly account for everything that we, at least currently, I mean, who knows in the future, but currently one model cannot account for everything that we, that we experience. We need to have multiple models because our models, our ability to, to understand the universe is inadequate. Yeah. Um, and Wilbur, uh, sorry, uh, Wilson understood this. And he, he has this great kind of very simple, very kind of, you know, anyone can understand kind of uh, analogy for this and I'll, I'll kind of adapt it to my situation. So um, according to, let's see, well, according to, to one set of governance, I live in Oakland, California. According to the post office, I live in Emeryville, California. Uh, of course, according to another system, I live on Chichenyo Ohlone land. Um, and you know, and so on and so forth. And the thing is that, but I just live in one place, right? And I we won't even we won't even ask John Greer's wife about where she thinks you should be, because <laughs> um, you ask too many questions. Sorry, too many questions. <laughs> um, so you know, the thing is that that if you just if you were trying to try to organize the whole world and every sort of geographic system based on what the U.S. Postal Service says the world is. You know that's not that's not an adequate representation of reality, and just like and that's the same problem with with the aqual system. Why did I say that? Okay, so that's going back to the Kabbalah and the the you know the the tetragrammaton and what you were saying about how rearranging you know that that you rearrange things for different purposes. You know, it's just like when yeah. you know when you're when you're doing a, a you know a, a physics experiment, you, you're going to use a certain system. It, I remember when I was at the Santa Fe Institute, somebody pointed out, if you tried to, you would never have gotten to, uh, a rocket never would have landed on the moon if you tried to understand, if you tried to do it using the most modern complete form of physics. We had to use a simpler form of physics of, of just trigonometry essentially in order Whoa. to do it. It would have been too complex. It never would have worked. You actually have to use a simpler system, and that's you know that goes back to the whole. I think I forget who said it, but all models are wrong, but some models are useful. You know, it's it's. We're talking heuristics here. Yeah. Well, heuristics. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I talk about it. I try to explain that a lot to people in terms of Jacob's ladder, you mm. know, or the ladder metaphor in general. Like, mm. how do you get to the top of the ladder? Well, you have to put your hand on this rung and your foot on this one, at right. the bottom. Like, but this doing that won't get me to the top no then you take the next one so it's right. like doing this action doesn't achieve what you want to achieve but it's the right. first action it will get you to the next thing that can get you closer but each one of them as you as you ascend or climax using the proper uh definition of the word climax which means to gradually ascend as opposed to the popular mm -hmm. definition which is to reach a, uh, the apex of something interesting different huh. distinction the proper yeah. and popular use of climax in the dictionary um so yeah they be, they they as you ascend the ladder the, the steps below no longer are true at mm -hmm. all they don't even hold right. heuristic value anymore it's completely right. false when you're at the midway up the ladder that the lower rungs will in any way help you get up to where you're going they won't mm -hmm. they won't help you at all you're mm -hmm. you past them they have no mm -hmm. use to you and 
Well, they might be useful if you need to reach something on a shelf that's at that level. <laughs> or, or the yeah, they're use exactly. That's actually very insightful because they're they are useful then if you want to go up and down, which is right. what the adept does. Right. Um, so yeah, we were talking about the switch. So so, what do you think of of rearranging the elements of doing water before air? Well, I think that's uh, a great experiment. Uh, it, I, again, I, I'm a believer that the Golden Dawn system uh, is good as it is and, and shouldn't be changed. But I'm also a believer that other systems are good too. Mm -hmm. Because we're always cycling through the elements and just because you've gone through the cycle in the outer, in the Golden Dawn, and then you've gone through the cycle again in Tiferet, and then maybe again in Gevara and Hesed for the if you, for the higher grades, um, though in the, the of course traditionally, uh, as traditional as we can speak speak regarding those grades in six five, your work is to create an elemental system, right? Mm. Uh, the, and then go through it yourself, put your achieve the same thing by not only creating a system but then going through it yourself. And uh, one frater who, who who achieved seven four in Yeshi's order. Um, he did then create a Celtic Druidy sort of system and to do that for his 6-5 work and then huh. put himself through it for his 7-4, part of his 7-4 work. I believe I'm getting that right. Um, oh, but, you interesting. Know, yeah, it's almost like that. It's almost like I'm supposed to create some sort of elemental grade structure as part of my 6-5 work. It's almost like that, isn't it? That's I wonder, really I wonder I'm what knocking kind on the door of 6-5, so I'm, that, I, that's... I'm, I'm wondering. A preview. <laughs> I wonder what kind of elemental order grade structure I might create. Hmm. Well, I, I like the letters OCM. I think that's a good place to start. Um. Yes, and I can't wait. I, well, I'm excited about the order of Celtic mysteries because they're the initiations are going to be awesome. There'll be two versions of each of them. Like so, people given, given people will have the chance to go through the initiation straight, and then mm -hmm. if they also want to go through it uh, with a, in a modified form entheogenically. That's something I think that would make Yates extremely happy. Um, to, and <laughs> this is something awesome. me and Chris Bennett talked about for a couple of years um, about designing initiations for entheogens. But then I took mm. it one step further um, to then just say, well, this, this is working with what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And because uh, Yates was a lover of hashish, he was a lover, he, he, a lover of peyote. Um, him and Maud Gon would uh, take Peruvian torch and... Uh, shack up in a hotel and and shag shag their brains out um despite what people think that's the the letters make it quite clear um and uh so to have have in each of those and, and again this is a totally optional form of the initiation that has to be done in addition to right. and under the you know a place where it's legal under good go, uh, you know blah 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 everything done extremely responsibly in this in this regard um with experienced people um, but I think to me, that's awesome, you know, so you can have like hashish for one grade, you know, uh, mushrooms for another, peyote for another, uh, mm -hmm. ayahuasca for another, DMT, whatever. Um, this is cutting edge shit, I think, uh, in some ways, in, in some ways it's, not. It's awesome, though, because one of the things that, you know, I've always wanted to, I mean, I've done a few psychedelics and, and really enjoyed them, but always in fairly uncontrolled circumstances. I mean, controlled, like I controlled the set and setting, but not, you know, I didn't have like a ritual, you know, to do. And, you know, I always kind of wanted to do like the ayahuasca thing, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want to feel like a tourist because that's not my culture. That's not my yeah. tradition. 
Dude, just, um, just just set up a basic like scrying session um, mm-hmm. and do a watchtower or a fully Nokian grade opening. Get the circumambulations going. That seems to be very important, actually. The mm. the, 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 the the vortex, create the vortex mm. in your space mm. and do that on just a little bit of mushrooms and s- until mm. until you start to see the shapes in the air and then watch mm. how those shapes react to the rituals and to oh. and behave around your altar. It was last October when I finally did my first full series of experiments and it was it was like I did not expect the level of interactivity and 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 it 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 it, it took me from thinking there's a connection between the the mushroom psilocybin realm and seeing it all of a sudden mm-hmm. take a radically different form almost like mm-hmm. it was just waiting for ritual to be done it was just like Oh, and the, the everything just opened up. I was like, "This is nice. this is intense." Um, so I recommend something like that. You know, yeah. Plus, yeah, it, like it, it never just... hurts to be like you know using your wand or your sword and and tracing shapes and doing invocations <laughs> and see, and, and see yeah. the physical light shapes yeah. there with your eyes open. You're like, <laughs> "That's cool." Is this really? <laughs> And uh, the next step for me is I can't wait to do those sort of uh, experiments with other experienced magicians and see how much of, of we're all seeing in common. I'm- and I, yeah, and I, one of the things I remember from a very early experience, I think my first experience with acid was how hallucinations were uh, communicable. Um, yeah, well, that was Yates' yeah. main fascination. And it's one of my main fascinations that the yeah. boundaries of our minds are are loose. I, that's why I keep that quote in my description, of my podcast, this long multi-paragraph thing from Yates. I use, I put it a lot of places because I want people to remember mm. where I'm coming from. This was mm-hmm. what I read when I was 13 years old, 12 years old, reading Yates for the first time and going, this makes sense. This as an underlying mm. reality makes sense. If everything mm. else I do in my life is to explore this problem, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. That, that I'm mm. fine with. If all I can make is find a, a little bit of insight and make a little headway and propose some new ways for us to interact and think about these things in our in our western mystery traditions then, then what other great work could you achieve yeah well being nice yeah. to people along the way and spreading love and laughter <laughs> that's probably the, the a better better thing than ritual technique with psilocybin but hey man it's all good oh, you know. it's all gold <laughs> yeah we go together we deserve to have fun in this life, brother, don't we? We deserve to have Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Oh my God, Absolutely. people just seem point, so otherwise. so. <laughs> people don't want to have fun anymore. They want to just like shake their fists and, and and look for problems where there aren't any, and and not address oh, yeah. the ones that are super obvious. Um, outrage porn. <laughs> outrage porn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're doing our we're doing our best, aren't we? You're, you've you've got a very cool sounding uh, program that you're developing and, and stuff like that, and uh, I think uh, I'm very curious to see how it develops and how you how you market it. If, uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely open in what I'm creating to uh, work with more people and, and bring other people involved into my setting into my platform, and and yeah. Uh, and yeah, again, if especially if if it does turn out to be that some of us don't really get to travel again which which you know some of us might never be allowed to travel again for the rest of our lives that's a real possibility at this point 
so we may as well build these connections as best we can um, with the tools we have. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I would love to get back into, you know, doing, doing initiations again. And, and, um, you know, every once in a while, I think I might try to like to start, start an order a little, you know, like a little cottage order. <laughs> yeah. Well, having temples is good. If you have a temple yeah. that can, you know, that that's, that's what I think people need to focus on building with people in their community. Mm -hmm. That's why it's such a shame that in a city, there might be 20 golden dawn people initiates. Mm -hmm. Um, but divided amongst five or seven different orders. And so they can't interact. Whereas if they could interact at all, they could build a temp initiatory temple very easily. Like Nineveh Shadrach did it. He got a two bedroom apartment. They made that place so gorgeous. It was off the charts, like inlays and bezeling. Like just, it was a beautiful place. Incense wafting out the door. You you could just feel the magic when you walked into this shitty two-bedroom apartment, which wasn't shitty. It was fabulous inside. You're like, holy fuck, you can do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can. You know, just bring people together and, and have a great time, really. Um, and one, you know, you, you live in one room and you, the other room's your, your temple until you have enough members to uh, pay 1200 bucks or two grand rent or whatever it is these days on a big uh, commercial mm -hmm. space that, boom, and that's all you need. It doesn't actually take that much. Um, and if those groups, could, people could get together and do those things. And again, if you focus on the work, you don't have too much time for human drama, really. Um, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think you need to be like John King, who doesn't yeah. allow women or homosexuals into his group. Oh, my God. Um, well, his reason, actually, for everyone curious, because I know I posted a bit on Instagram about that, is to avoid drama. That's his only stated reason. Oh. <laughs> but. Well, yeah. I remember it. Uh, uh, as it, I mean, it's still, yeah, it's, it's not so, but it, it does remind me of, of something that I heard about, you know, why masonry doesn't allow politics, religion, or women in the lodge. It's because those are the three things that tend to drive men apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think, you know, it's still, it's not. I think I there's think. a better way to, to avoid drama yeah. than that. Like, uh, <laughs> Frater Yeshi has a good, uh, good rule in, uh, in theirs where uh you can't in, you can't invite your friends and family members to join the group oh. and honestly that might have saved temple tahuti back in my day yeah. if my friends and family hadn't been allowed to join if other people's friends and families hadn't been allowed to join if they had to just go find their own thing like you know because because that's when you get these sort of these 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 clubs these inner these you know yeah. people they gang together with their their crew and they they, they can want more power or but how do you control. yeah but how do you grow <laughs> i guess you have to have a referral you find people who are actually yeah. interested in what you're doing not joining because they're friends in it friends are yeah that's true that makes sense. right and he's is does that mean yes you, that you have fewer does that cut off a major yeah, access okay. point yes but it means the only people who find you are people who are right. really looking for what you're doing right not because they just want to hang out more with their friends right. or or stage a power grab, which is what eventually happened at Yeshi's, just like it happened at Tahuti with the same person. Actually, it was the same person who caused the power grab at Tahuti that 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 caused the fall of it. That same person ten years later joined Yeshi's order. Yeshi had forgotten my warning, and he then tried the same thing there over eight years. And then Yeshi had to come to me and be like, "What's up with this dude?" I'm like, "The dude I told you to avoid at all costs." He's like, "Yeah." He said, "I never. I I have no greater regret than forgetting that that bit of." Yeah. Thing. and that guy's probably listening so hey if you're listening uh 
you're listening, Daniel, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, That's a message to our favorite listener. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Not at all. What can I say? It's good to see a friend, brother. I'm just, uh, I'm a little loose. I'm a little, a little loose of tongue today. Yeah, I know. I understand. Um, damn, what was I guess? Oh, very important at the time. Oh, I remember. Do you know Fromey? Fromey. Uh, Michael, he was a, he was a member of, of Homsi around the time. I know him because he was part of that whole exodus. Yeah. Um, and he was actually the person who introduced me to Nineveh. No, we um, closed in 2004. 2003 okay. 2004 so that was so, that was a decade later i think yeah that was a whole decade oh uh, wait wait no that was around that time that was that oh time. yeah really yeah. um what was his name so, uh michael Frumowitz. Oh, okay yeah where was he based um boston yeah he's uh yeah it was yeah the the, the they uh yeah anyway I, i'm anyway, still sorry i'm still so he, close with the austin people for the most part um um yeah i don't yeah so he was yeah he was with the boston crew um he ended up doing kind of a kind of actually was well, so, a, a, a sort of judaic thing which is kind of interesting but um he he made an interesting observation speaking of temples um that um the odd fellows so the problem with how with masonry is that masons are very jealous of their temples right it's very hard to get access to them Oddfellows are much more uh, open-minded about that sort of thing. So, um, so, so he he became an Oddfellow. Is like actually pretty, pretty involved in that. But uh, went to the Oddfellow when I was living near you. I went to the Oddfellows Hall in Geyserville a few times. Uh-huh. Yeah, I almost I almost joined. Yeah, they're they're an interesting group. I I I joined, but I'm not active. I mean, it was just you know. Um, but they've got you know, lodge rooms. Yeah. Um, and that are mostly just sitting there collecting dust. Yeah. And they're, a lot of them are beautiful. Um, and they're designed for initiations. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, um, you know, to, to your listeners <laughs> who are looking for real estate for doing initiations, uh, Oddfellows might be a- might Join be the Oddfellows. They, w- they would have yeah. no problem letting you use the space for your own thing. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Michael said. Now, I hope that he doesn't get in trouble for. Uh, although I, I <laughs> yeah. For, for no, I no, I think I think you know the odd fellows will. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, and they need more. They're, they're a cool, cool crew that could use more members. Yeah. As well. yeah, yeah, but yeah, a lot of GD groups use uh rent out Masonic lodges, of course. Yeah, and I mean that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, and the history is all there, and you know. Um, the, the pillars are in the wrong place, but besides that, um, <laughs> it's, it works. Yeah. So back to the uh, Ken Wilbur. Mm. Is it Ken Wilbur? Yeah. You, so you were saying something. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I fully understand the. You're saying something about his structure causing problems yeah. for understanding. So yeah. So he has this whole thing about these hierarchies. Um, he, you know, hierarchies are are sort of this. Um, it's an interesting notion that that you, you know, it's it's not it's somewhere it's it's not exactly a hierarchy because a hierarchy uh, implies separation between levels, and in a hierarchy, each level transcends and it includes its 
what it's made out of. So an example of that would be a cell is made up of its component parts. A multicellular organism is made up of its cells. Each level in that is, is a hierarchy. So organism is a level of the hierarchy, cell is a level of the hierarchy, but you can't have an organism without the cells. The organism depends on the cells and everything that's true about the cells continues to be true about the organism, but the new things come in as well, right? So there's there's new, so you have emergent emergence comes up in, in this sort of hierarchy system. Um, and it's, it's a good system in a lot of ways. It's a good way of, of understanding how um, I think how hierarchy can work in a in a way that is not uh, oppressive or abusive, um, although it doesn't quite work because of course in a human hierarchy, a you know the the master of a lodge or the you know is not is not made up of the members. <laughs> the lodge is made up of the members, yeah. so it's a different kind of in the in the and that's kind of where things start to break down is like that taking this notion of a hierarchy and trying to apply it to everything um, ends up getting you into some kind of weird um, paradoxes. So for example, um, yeah, even with, even with the biological example, um, there's sort of this question of, okay, which way is, um, well, let's see. No, that's actually not a good example. But like when a lot of the things that come up with with human relations, that it just it 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 doesn't it doesn't work. It it's like it's it you you want it to work because <laughs> you want to have this sort of like nice unified theory. But of course, humans are more complex than that. And <sighs> so that's what it comes back to is the uh, the uncontrollable dynamism of the human spirit. Yep, or nature We're itself, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, it, the duck-billed platypus, right? Is it yeah. a mammal or is it a bird <laughs> or is it a, you know? I think it was. I watched. Um, I watched a uh, Michael Malice debate. Uh, that leading uh, Anne Randian objectivist for three, four hours on Lex Fridman's podcast, and uh, one of the interesting things Malice I think pointed out was. The, the struggle with us trying to impose order on reality is that our concept of order comes from reality. What we think is order is, is really just reality. And so the idea that, it, that, that we have, there's some order that it could become when we have such a flawed understanding of what order is in the first place, that con the, the entire exercise might be futile. I think that's mm -hmm. what he was saying, you know, which is why yeah. he's an anarchist, of course, and, and, believes that we should have uh we should have competing uh values and interests that serve us and then that are then forcibly negotiated with each other when they conflict rather than giving rights to someone or something to just impose rules whether you like it or not i think that's exactly right i think that that's that's how any functioning that's why democracy is more powerful than totalitarianism or social or, or communism is is that you have to have you know a it, the we have the most the, it, a, a diverse system is more robust right you mm -hmm. have um you know because then you have things that can account for edge cases that you couldn't anticipate otherwise 
if we just have a perfectly Ayn Randian free market economy, things are going to go to hell. You're going to have the same problem, and you have the same problem with with you know the Soviet Union, with you know this sort of socialist top-down kind of thing. It's we need a mixture, um, and I think that that's true. I think that's true on all levels. I think that's true. I think that's part of why um, you know going back to the you know Kabbalah, it comes up there. I think it comes up. Um, yeah, I think it comes up everywhere. Is that that reality is more nuanced? Although the thing that I there's a there's an, a paper called something like I can never get the title of it right, but it's something like the uncanny the uncanny effectiveness in mathematics in the in the physical sciences. And this is like the counterpoint that I always keep in mind because one of the things that's so weird about physics is that math works to predict phenomena better than anyone could ex should reasonably expect it to, given that math is something that the human brain made up, right? And, you know, calculus didn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't, you know, we didn't find calculus in the universe. Yeah, is Although, it true? I guess that, arguably, yeah. Is it true um, that, that the biggest problem with math is that it's incomplete? Well, uh, that's yeah. So, so this is goes back to Gödel's incompleteness theorem, and the the the, the Gödel's incompleteness theorem basically says that any mathematical system that is, say, big enough to be interesting, is is uh, in, is necessarily incomplete and uh, probably contradictory. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and the the proof of it is really complicated. Um, but the, the, but that's the, but that's the basic idea is that, that, um, yeah, that there's no, that it's literally logically impossible to create a complete mathematical system of anything. It's interesting how math is limited in that sense, but in its limitation plays out the same, uh, service that every other limited structure we use to get through life has inherently right like all of these structures are incomplete everything yeah. about the, this is this might be part of the mysteries of of reality the incompleteness yeah. the the un, unfinishedness i mean again even saint paul talks about that and this idea that that yeah it's 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 studied actually quite a bit in the last hundred years in something called process theology, which was started by Paul Tillich. Yes. A lot of people yes. don't read Paul Tillich anymore, but they should read Paul, Paul Tillich anymore. Um, a lot I, of the, yeah. theologians discounted him after he died because um, it was it was discovered that he had uh, n uh, naked pictures of women. Um, <laughs> I know the idea that a human male would, in their possession, have access to any naked pictures of women is, of course heresy and perversion yeah. at its extreme because no no good human being would ever do that and therefore you should discount anything that that person who ever has has <laughs> ever says <laughs> oh yes it's crazy to to discount a that's that's the true ad hominem fallacy at work yeah do you have you yeah. noticed that people are actually radically misusing the ad hominem fallacy online uh, how do you mean? Like they just do it. So I've I've heard all these these people uh, explaining it. We need a term like mansplaining, but when it's being done <laughs> by a stupid person, you know, like dumbsplaining, dumbsplaining okay. it. 
saying either okay. the, the so the, the prevailing the ever increasing notion of that fallacy which is an important logical fallacy for mm-hmm. our minds to understand it really mm-hmm. is right the the prevailing popular understanding of the ad hominem fallacy is that it occurs when you say something and rather than address what you said i attack you personally okay that's not true the ad hominem no, fallacy not attack it's an ad, yeah, but that has nothing to do with the ad hominem fallacy, a, which is a logical right. fallacy, and it's right. the logical fallacy of discounting the value or the logic of the statement because of who the person is. Right. So it's like that's insane. Yeah, something yeah. a person can say something that's true, it doesn't is not untrue just because they're a dick. Right. <laughs> they're a dick just because they're a dick. Right. 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 Although, anyway, you know, yeah. I know most people, yeah. some people might actually out there hear, hear that distinction and be like, well, whatever. It sounds like the same thing, but it's really not the same thing. No, it's, it's, those are two different. I mean, one, yeah, those are two different things. Um, and yet, you know, I, I have this debate with my wife all the time about like, to what extent can you separate the art from the artist? And that's an interesting you know, some, one. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when somebody, you know, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, if we if we get into the art and the artist thing, yeah, we get into a cancellation grounds hardcore, right? You yeah, know, because like, a... like, what like, what do you think about that Kevin Spacey coming back to play a character who's wrongly accused accused of uh, of uh, sexual assault or something like that he's coming back really? yeah they're casting him as a character who's wrongly accused of either sexual assault or some sort of thing like that which is is pretty funny it what not as funny as the fact that like all but one of the got his male accusers have uh died under mysterious circumstances since Whoa. in the last couple of years so he just van i feels like some some someone in who's part of whatever fucking cabal they're in i don't know someone like someone told him okay lay low do a weird ass right. video where you acting like your character lay low we'll take care of it in a few years we will we'll plan your comeback we got a perfect plan don't worry yeah. we've done this before um <laughs> and, and that and i'm very... and i'm saying that not knowing if he's actually guilty yeah. of any crime though if like if seven people accuse you of a crime and six of them suddenly die i don't know the numbers i don't know the details <laughs> on this and i'm not there's something very you know, and yeah. i like kevin spacey's acting like who doesn't like his acting i mean oh my god what an actor yeah. but and i though i have told i have i have not actually i watched that woody allen documentary recently and mm-hmm. i wish i hadn't because i haven't been able to watch one of his movies since and I might yeah. do what some other people do, which is watch them after he's died and he's not making money from that anymore. Right. But it's it was rough. It was rough. You know, that's some, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. see what I'm saying when we start talking about the artists and the art. But yeah, um, I, I frequently cover material on this podcast that is written 100 years ago. Like I've been doing Franz Hartman, who was one of the founders of the OTO, the real OTO, mm-hmm. not Crowley's OTO. And, okay. and uh, he was a medical doctor. And he at the end of his life, he wrote this book I've been covering chapter by chapter. Um, which is a great book called Magic, White and Black, one of my favorite books when I was 16. But even when I was 16 in the 90s reading it, I was aware of the things that weren't true anymore. Like when he talks about phrenology as being one of these, <laughs> these, these uh, uh, adventurous new science breakthroughs in science. Right. I'm like, right. yeah, I know that's wrong. When he talks about, when he starts getting into stuff about different races 
uh, coming mm-hmm. with these things it's like yeah we we they had these ideas they played mm-hmm. themselves out they were wrong right. i'm not going to ignore the other things he says just because he had some wrong ideas probably right. most of us most of our ideas are wrong like i think right. i think i think i think our our future generations are going to look back at every single one of us who's alive today as 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 being just horrible like oh, you yeah. know or or they might look at i don't know but like you know they'd be like um you mean are you talking are you talking about that that era of humanity where they where they survived where they dealt with hitler and then then they created new uh, extermination camps in china and the whole right. world was like never forget never forget and now they're like yeah. uh sorry yeah we're just we it's a different culture they have different practices this is normal for them <laughs> yeah that, that's what biden said right he's like this is normal right. for their culture to genocide an entire people so we we oh got to support gosh. them in their cultural differences like i don't think that's going to play well in the future no. And the fact that we're not all up in arms about that and a bunch, about a bunch of other things, I don't think it's going to play well for us. So I think all of us today will be lucky if one thing we ever said or did <laughs> gets yeah. regarded as like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think they're absolutely right that, that, you know, you have to read critically, um, but you don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. The, the troubling thing is that there are people still today who believe in that kind of bogus race theory and oh yeah um you know that's that's the scary thing but we have, um we have yet found a solution to stupidity yeah i don't know i, I also convenience it's convenient for some people to think that way and stuff like of course yeah right? don't, don't you have yeah. like a, a politician or a, a mayor who's who who won't let white j- reporters interview them if they're straight and male <laughs> don't you have something like that going on i don't know about that but, uh, I, yeah and they're getting there's an interesting, I heard, uh, I heard a canadian lawyer that i like that that i follow because i like listening to these uh into i like logical thinking uh covered it that's why i know about it a canadian lawyer covered it um and uh yeah he's, they're being sued of course because like <laughs> he's <laughs> no 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 yeah no no white journalists are allowed to talk to me great that's just yeah that's not that's not reminds me of the uh you know i don't know my favorite um oh boy i'm I'm blanking on her name now but she is a famous anarchist um who said the opposite of patriarchy is not matriarchy it's fraternity Hmm. um which i thought was a really you know i the way i interpret that is that um you you don't you don't you don't solve the systems of oppression by just replacing who's in charge Right, right. Which is what's weird about this new wave of feminism, because I was raised as a feminist, even critically in university, and I was taught actually critical theory, nothing like Mm. what people think it is today, because Mm. there's more than one way to read Foucault and Derrida, believe it or not, people, those folks wrote a lot of things. And if you just take one idea and twist, it doesn't mean that you understand it. Um, But I was raised in this culture of feminism. Mm -hmm. And it was no problem. I think it was, yeah, um, because feminism in my lifetime and before my lifetime meant egalitarianism it was literally a synonym but now i watch the thing on netflix that netflix produced and they they come out and literally say feminism is the proper the best way for us to be and it is defined by women being recognized as superior to men then they did a little test and Mm -hmm. it took like two minutes on netflix in this documentary series they did 
and they did a mm. test and they're like see this it had to do with organizational skills they're like see definitive proof that men are inferior to women in every way and then they moved on without addressing i'm like holy shit <laughs> holy yeah. shit holy you shit search and replace and that's yeah <laughs> they're like triumphing sexism in a way that might infect us for generations to come because this is how kids are being raised you want this Difficult, difficult folks. Well, <laughs> easier just to just to do a search and replace than to actually uh, rewrite the argument. I, what happened to humanitarianism? I don't know, but I, you know, I, I think that I think making noise like this and letting other people know who are wondering the same stuff is a, is a val is a is a virtuous thing to do. I think that that's uh, you know something we. I think it. I think what we're doing is a is a healthy thing to do. This kind of podcasting, like three hours now, almost. And, uh, you know, yeah, time flies, <laughs> time flies. But I think, I think, you know, if, if, even if maybe it's for posterity or maybe it's for people right now, just thinking like, Hey, we need to like have these discussions and, and open debates and, and, and conversations and people need to see it and, and realize, Oh, we're just people, you know, and we're working stuff out. Not at, we're not going to believe we're not right about everything we say. And we're, we're in the process of growing and, we got to be allowed also freedom to say stupid things that that yeah. we don't necessarily know are true right important to be wrong right science is science yeah. science promotes that more than anything the importance of being open to being wrong yeah yeah i've been listening a lot to uh the, the conspirituality podcast and oh, um tell me about a, that it's great it's really uh, um and uh there was a, an episode called uh, Cis White Man, which I think you'll, you'll enjoy, uh, which talks about the ad hominem, you know, fallacy and, you know, um, but the, um, what was I Dude, if someone ever now? called me, if someone ever called me Cis to my face, I would fucking hit them so hard. <laughs> well, the, you know, the, um, you know, the cancel culture thing is a really big problem too. And, it, it, and you know, it's like, he, you know, excuse you said, me. Like, Excuse me, I have to cancel in the interview now and cancel because it is not a problem. It is wonderful. Well, it, the, when it cancels you know, who I don't like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who who has this authority? First of all, and then you know, if if everybody like it was something that was like, um, you know, he was talking about should John Muir be canceled? Um, and because John Muir at one point uh, said some pretty racist things about Native Americans and, you know, uh, that looks good. Um, the the Apothic Dark was on sale for the first that? time. Is that a, a, Apothic a Dark. Apothic what Dark it? Wine. Wine. It's a beautiful, I, I love the, yeah, that's a great label and title. And yeah, <laughs> they also have an Apothic Light and Apothic Red. They have, just... they have the regular <laughs> Apothic, which is a red. And then they have Apothic okay. Inferno, which is too much for me. Um, I think okay. that's a whiskey soaked one, maybe. And then they have a spring summery one that only comes out okay. sometimes called Apothic Crush. And that's my favorite, though. I can mm -hmm. only drink this sometimes because it's a very strong, bold wine. And uh, as you would and, expect uh, from that. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we had it last night and I saved uh, a little bit for for today because I knew that I'd be seeing you and I was so excited to have a little fraternal hangout with a brother who's not only a mason but a, a, a gd and druid and, <laughs> and, and, and who's excited about about the celtic mysteries i'm very excited this yeah. was I, I was looking forward to our talk very very much so pardon me celebrating with the early afternoon with a little 
beautiful uh, apothic dark shout out to our future sponsors if anyone works there <laughs> please yes. sponsor this podcast yeah yeah man i i i, I some people don't realize this on uh, who listen and uh you know that i think it was a rufus Op- the first time i talked to rufus opus they're like you were uh there there was a comment on youtube or something like that frater rc was too drunk for this one i was like Actually, it was like three in the morning, two in the morning. I had just done a three-hour <laughs> interview with one of the Austin fratters, Jeff Contreras, oh, wow. and drunk half a bottle of scotch. I wasn't drunk for that interview, the first one with Rufus Opus. I was like blacked out. <laughs> I contacted him <laughs> while blacked out. Wow. And, and it was perfect because he, I saw he was on Facebook. I'm like, yo, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, you know, uh, 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 harper feist you can see her in the background of the video she which is online you know she got me out of a bedroom going into a bathroom where i'm being what are you doing up he's like like oh how's how's harper he's how's how she's like uh we broke up i'm leaving i'm moving out and he's just there in the computer so it was (laughs) you know but so here's my point my point to people who are don't understand this podcast (laughs) this was started in lockdown and i haven't been allowed to do that much uh and so i've been enjoying people's company and this is my this is my celebration time when i do interviews it's like sometimes it's not sometimes it's hardcore but sometimes it's just this is my my human interaction this is my celebration this is my party time um and i and i'm trying to bring that to other people who are locked down and not allowed to see their friends and family and stuff like that because that's a lot of people still um whether uh not everyone realizes that as things are opening up it's things are for some people, things are getting worse than ever now. For some people, the the rent's coming due, so to speak, or literally. Right. And and uh, there's other problems going on. Like there's, I could I could tell. Like there's a list of things that we should be aware of that some people are going through. And and I I don't try to get think too badly of my situation at any point, even at the worst situation, because I worked enough with the down and out while I was in seminary to see true horrors Mm, so yeah there's people who are in situations that are so bad you don't even want to look at it i invite you to maybe look at it and if there's something you can do do it because yeah yeah, it's it's there's there's people that they were in hell before this started and now it's even worse and and i think that that's that's so important i don't know how to how to express how important i think that is that we not just acknowledge it but try and do something about it like fucking do something yeah. about it like we we do me and my family definitely doing our part we can't do much but we 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 put out like food bags we uh we make sure we get we separate the bottles and cans into ways that they can yeah. um you know yeah. and put those out and and yeah and and put food and like like meals like fruit and and yeah. muffins or whatever we, we cook we bake things and put them out just for those people because there's a ton of them in vancouver we have we have the whole of canada's homeless basically in vancouver oh sure uh, because the rest is too cold. <laughs> it's, a, it's the nicest place yeah. it's, no it's because it's, it's the only place you can survive outside in winter yeah yeah, yeah well, it's anyway. like uh, why why santa barbara has such a huge homeless population it's mm. it's you know it's a, yeah. it's a comfort if you're going to be homeless <laughs> yeah yeah well, uh, I, I need to pause for, for a second oh yeah okay. and we're okay and we're back i do need to we're and back, back. um and I do need to go soon, but I want to I want yeah. to share this thought because we were just talking about about the problem with with the corruption in, in government, 
And you said, you know, do we just need people with integrity going into these role, you know, going into government and holding on to their integrity? And, yeah. and I'm skeptical about whether or not that would really work because, because of the Stanford prison experiment, because right. of how um, the way that Zimbardo puts it, the problem isn't bad apples, the problem is a bad barrel. Um, that mm. the, when you are, there's no one, there's no human on earth who has the level of integrity, the level of willpower that is, would be necessary to stand up to an army of lobbyists that are harassing you day in and day out. And if you don't appease them, you won't get money, so you won't get reelected. So you play this game where you're like, okay, I'm going to try to make this work so that yeah. I can get reelected, so that I can do what I came here to do. But it's it's a you know a slippery slope thing. You know, it, next thing you know, you're just taking marching orders from the biggest corporations you know on earth, and yeah. you know you go in there with good intentions. I think most politicians get into politics because they want to do good. Yeah. And then, you know, but by the time that they're in a position of power, they next thing they know, they're at Epstein's apartment in New York. I mean, yeah, it, it's just it's, you know, kind of, I mean, I yeah. know you're being facetious, yeah. but yeah. I kind of, yeah. no, I know it's like we laugh, but then we're like, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know. true. Um, yeah, no, I, you're so, yeah, the issue of a bad barrel. Um, my first thought was, well, the guy, the, the Stanford students playing the guards weren't necessarily checked out to be uh, good people because they were pretty much kids who had never probably had their integrity tested in their lives. Like That's when true. Temple Tahuti left Homsi because of mm. what Zinc was doing, that was an integrity move. Mm. Did it violate uh, agreements, some oaths or promises? Maybe. But if you're violating the core principles of what we're about, which is, and now you're, you're extorting people for money, sexually mistreating people, and doing black magic explicitly in a Golden Dawn temple, uh, and ordering it to be done, I would say, I'd say you've breached the agreement. And, yeah. I, and, if, the, and if the international group doesn't want to expel you properly, expel that corrupt leader, mm -hmm. then it's falls upon us to stand by our own conscience and one thing that's nice about the golden dawn is it does emphasize the importance of your own conscience um and that is the key and that's that's a very good thing that's in there sort of like your first amendment it's like having that is key we respect other people's right. religions we respect everyone's religions or at least we don't let it be a problem as best we can um <laughs> I mean that's tough, right? Because if someone want if someone wants to join whose religion believes that uh, gay people should be stoned to death, that will be a problem. We're not trying to disrespect your religion, but we don't really have a choice because you believe. Well, there's this interesting, right? Like the, the how you know the the interplay between you know hate speech and you know freedom of speech. Like how do you how do you navigate that? And that's a really tricky problem. Well, um, to, I don't believe in hate speech. Like well, that's not really as a crime. You know, I've I've been I've been I've been on the ground, surrounded by guys kicking me, trying to kill me while calling me a the f word. I guess I don't want to say the actual f word, but you know what f word I mean. It's not fuck. Um, right. 
you know, and that makes that the, the speech made the crime a hate crime, even though I'm not gay. <laughs> but this is exactly. just something that uh, people do that because happens, yeah. you know, people yeah. say every bad word they want when they're kicking someone. Um, and this right. happens to 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 men all the time up and down the street. I've lived on for many years, right. Davie Street, which is the gay area. And if you're like me, we all go, most people, most cool people go to gay clubs because that's where the fun dancing is. Um, (laughs) If you get shit kicked on your way out some night on the way home, well, that's just how the cookie crumbles and it's a sad part Mm -hmm. of reality. But but the speech itself is not a crime, right? So the speech itself is not a crime. I don't know. I at the same like I yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it because it's on the one hand, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, I, I Obviously, we don't be policed for thought crimes and and things like that. On the other hand, um, you know the way that people, the way that the Proud Boys recruit is, you know, through language, and language is powerful. And as we yeah. know, as magicians, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know anything about them. I probably should, but I also don't really care. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Not, I mean, um, but but uh, but I I don't want to interrupt what you're saying. Just uh, yeah. So aren't they aren't they're they're confusing though? Because the only thing I know about them is that they were founded and led by uh, a a black man, and they're supposed to be white supremacists. So their leader is a black. That, that yeah, he's that, their founder and leader is a is a black guy, and this is what we know in Canada at least, or what you know, like this is true. Never heard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a and so so <laughs> so I've seen people confused up here like how well, can they I, be a I, white supremacist group under those circumstances i had never heard that and i will look that up that is yeah i don't know strange you're in um, california so maybe there's what maybe wacky information you guys yeah. are getting it, it yeah. really is scary though that's the segmentation Although, of information of who gets given what information right so you're given this group this they're giving us the information they want to get us to behave a certain way and that's the real hate that that's yeah yeah no i agree with you right because the right that's actually a much bigger problem it's not the problem isn't censorship the problem is is or lack of censorship even the problem is this sort of siloing segmentation of of knowledge right yeah i think you're right i think that that's that's actually a much bigger problem like yeah because they've always been a great (laughs) yeah there's yeah yeah racism as as one of my as the my my professor of church history and said in first year seminary don't worry racism is alive and well and it will be forever (laughs) you know (laughs) he's like trust me martin luther founded my faith but he was a racist (laughs) you know he would talk about the devils he could see uh, standing on the housetops of the people who he knew that were Jewish. And that's how you could tell they were Jewish because the devils were standing on oh Martin Luther said this, right? Yeah, he said this, man. Did he, did he bring about a lot of healthy church reform? Absolutely. Um, did he promote literacy in a first guy, probably since Charlemagne to promote literacy amongst the populace. That's a good thing. Um, but I don't remember. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe is, this, is this a good point to try to wrap up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Though there, I feel like we were touching on something that I did want to hammer into the plank. Um, what, that maybe you were touching on. I was talking about bad. We were talking. You. I think you want to say something more about a bad barrel. Maybe? A bad barrel. Yeah. The. I. This is an interesting. Uh, like, is it? See, I guess my. Yeah, so, well, so there was the idea that maybe these some of these these guard students had never been tested. Had their right. integrity tested i mean like i if 
if it was between deciding on them trusting their integrity and say a seasoned war veteran, which could, has just as could just as easily be a shitty person. However, they have been tested more, right? Like, yeah. Like when I had the chance to consolidate power and influence and everything that a magician, young twenty-three-year-old magician could have dreamed of at Temple mm-hmm. Tehuti, I didn't do it, mm-hmm. even though every and and the damage to my life and my family's life was insurmountable because I stuck stuck by principles along with a few others, and uh, that's a test. Um, and it's uh, Franz Barton, uh, Franz Hartman talks about this actually in the, in the recent interview I did on illusion or the podcast on illusion. You should check out that chapter actually on illusion because he talks mm-hmm. about, I believe it's the one on illusion where he talks about the, the, the irrelevance of the form of things, especially the form of a human being, although he uses mm-hmm. the word man all the time, which I, I tried to change it at first because it bugs me. It just bugs me because it, it, but but then I was like, fuck it. That was the time period. Man was humanity, whatever. And he was a German writer too. So he didn't have this problem. He would just say man, man just means mensch. human. Yeah. Mensch means human. Man means man. Still means man, but mensch is the word for human in German. Oh, okay. Oh, or the famous I teach you the Superman is ich lehre mm. euch den Übermenschen, the overhuman, mm. the higher human. Oh, right. And the right. word there is menschen, the Übermenschen. The man is etwas das überwunden werden soll. You know, the man is something that it should. The human is something that should be overcome. What have you done to overcome your being human? And that led mm. to many bad ideas, of course. But the <laughs> best interpretation of it was still nascent in our spiritual traditions, which is the idea mm-hmm. of the higher self, the right. ideal self, a, a better self, a more kind and loving self. What's the guiding rule of that higher self? love god and love your neighbor as yourself that is absolutely the only bedrock we keep coming back to and if you stray from that bedrock you're wrong yeah right right you're not loving you know and that's one of the biggest struggles in my life is i do a lot of work on loving my enemies like a lot Mm -hmm. that's a a huge part of my alchemy you could say Mm -hmm. and i think it will be for anyone who progresses a certain distance along the path is to Mm -hmm. try and learn to love your enemies Whereas another professor, the dean of my seminary, said once, the problem with Christianity isn't that we all, it's not that we disagree, that we all love Christ, God, that we should all love God, Christ, and, and our neighbors. How do they say it? She said it so well, this priest. We did. Anyway, the problem isn't 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 the dis, that we disagree that we should love God, but how we should love God, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the question mm-hmm. is the methodology. It's why in everything I do, I focus on methodology because I think right. that's the most important thing. I've I've even run my methodology of teaching by uh, some very secret and prominent adepti in in secret in obscure rarefied realms of the gd world and run by them my methodology to say what do you think of this because Mm -hmm. this is something i'd like to know your thoughts on and they've said wow that's really great because the methodology is sometimes more important than the content how you teach Mm -hmm. people to learn and and develop and practice and grow in ways that facilitates them for the future like teaching a man to fish rather Mm -hmm. than just giving them the fish you know here yeah. down, download all these fish anytime you want wherever you want for free not that mm-hmm. helpful Inver- right. information versus knowledge but yeah 
Yep, yep. Definitely agree with you there. Yeah, methodology is really important. It's it's uh, and it's you know it's why I mean we have and now we uh, we have a world where we have all the information that we want at our fingertips and yet we still can't figure things out. And I think it's because of what you're saying. Yeah. So it's, it's Frank, internalizing it. It's knowing how to. Yeah. Hartman actually talks about that too. He says we got all this technology making the basic things of life easier, but he's like, but somehow we're finding ways to, to make that, to still make things worse. And he actually talks about this yeah. in 1886. So that's uh -huh. why I read him. That's why I, I record him for people because like, that's amazing. Like, sure. Mm -hmm. He's a medical doctor in 86 in 18, in the 1800s, like born in 1820s, I believe. Um, so yeah. So he thinks phrenology might be a breakthrough new science wrong <laughs> however he correctly accurately identifies the problem of how we're using technology and also that are are getting caught up in the form of things rather than the character of things that's what he talks about in his chapter on illusion he's like don't get distracted by by you know the rich man or the poor man or the well-dressed or the slovenly like that does not speak to their character and if you think it does you are heading down a dangerous path path my friend if you think if like 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 these magicians who think that that proof of 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 enlightenment or accomplishment is is wealth power and security right that doesn't really line up not only with the true will idea at all but it doesn't line up with life right right oh it's a very calvinist idea right that, that, that those are signs that you're the elect um we got so he also a Calvinist? We got a lot. No, he's a Mormon, oh. I believe. I think, but though I think he's <laughs> less of that. I think he's just a pure magician at this point. Um, and I do like, I do, I did, I did, I do enjoy. Like, well, it's it's great whenever any anyone's honest in their work. You know, like throw, more power to you if you at least be honest. We might not like yeah. what you say or think. Um, yeah, but it's a point of view, and it's a, yeah, it's a thing that you can, you know, it's good to it's good to expose, you know, be exposed to different, you know, different perspectives because it it challenges yourself and you grow from it, and that's you know, and I yeah, I and that's why we're, sometimes I can't because it's beyond it's just too far yeah beyond the pale, but I I try <laughs> yeah, but we're here to grow, and I do believe there is yeah. something to say about the integrity of the self and the soul, and yeah. being true to yourself. This above all, to thine own self. Absolutely. So amen. Yeah. Any, uh, okay. So where can people find your stuff? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have, um, a website It's just a little blog at, uh, www.deeperwisdom.org. Um, and uh, if you go to www.deeperwisdom.org slash sign up, you can get onto my mailing list. Uh, I'm on Twitter at deeper underscore wisdom. And um, I've been having some fun on uh, TikTok. <laughs> uh, that that you know, oh, PRC surveillance uh, device. I all of a sudden want to join a... TikTok just to see what the fuck you're up to, man. Yeah, it's. I, <laughs> I was really reluctant, and I chast as the funny thing is, the first person who I met, the, the people who I know who are on TikTok are like my dad and my aunt, <laughs> like the, the you know boomers, right? Um, but uh, I. I was very reluctant to go into it because of the spyware aspect of it. And like, you know, you know, the same reason I got off of Facebook, but I, you know, I don't know. It's fun and uh, people seem to like what I'm doing there. So <laughs> maybe I'll make an account and check, check out what you're up to. 
<laughs> I don't know. Do it on a burner phone or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, at this point, yeah. Who knows? I think I think uh, it's it's because they're China. It's China, right? That's the that's this conspiracy. Yeah, everything. It's it's you know it's all um, you know they they have their fingers and everything that happens there. So basically, I, um, you know, it's just you know it it's probably fine <laughs> but then of course i also thought that about facebook five years ago or six years yeah, ago right. so you know yeah um, i dumped so much money into my business on facebook that in those years and then everything deleted all that money gone all the friends well, that's the, like they they can literally they have they can destroy lives with impunity so yeah. that they profit like because they then take they're taking your money and just cheating you which is why the supreme court they hate canada they hate british columbia because the, mm-hmm. the bc supreme court upheld a woman suing facebook who this facebook was using this woman's picture to promote products to her friends and she saw that right. she's like and she won the That's case not, yeah. facebook Good. wouldn't show up of course they just probably paid her an undisclosed settlement well they did pay her an undisclosed settlement of course which really we have all kinds of problems like that uh the canadian uh, uh we just something i encountered I noticed my bank was reordering payments and it, that if they, they could reorder payments in such a way that if they held off for enough oh. days, my income, they could then tick me a couple hundred dollars of non-sufficient oh, fund things. Wow. And so I, go, I, I Googled it and it turns out, yeah, yeah they thing. were caught. They were caught doing this yeah. and they paid out $22.5 million in settlements, but they refused to show any of their any of their system of how they do it yeah. and they refuse to change their policies because they brought in over two billion last year with those policies which only target people who are struggling because if you have a right if you have a cushion of yeah. hundreds of dollars then you're fine but if you don't or say medical expenses like fucking i you know my mom's uh uh diabetic stuff costs costs eight hundred dollars a month yeah. like it's not free i don't know why Bernie Sanders keeps telling people that shit's free in Canada and Joe Rogan keeps telling people education's free. I pay $800 a month in student loans and I will for the rest of my life. Right. We're kept poor by these systems of power that take even the last little bucks and they reorganize like that's crazy. Like that's actual, like that's actual mega corporations conspiring above board to destroy lives and keep it's, it's, Thanks for listening, people. I hope you had a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll plug yeah. another podcast for people who want to find out more about that. Definitely. Uh, the, the Dollop um, is an American history podcast, which is uh, reveals the, the dark side of, of American history. But it's by two comedians, so it's actually pretty funny. But they do an episode on, on uh, Wells Fargo, and they talk all about, they talk about that, um, about that, that practice. Yeah. And of course, Wells Fargo wasn't the only one, but they, they got, yeah. you know, they, we have a lot of information because of... I don't know, Freedom of Information Act or something, but yeah, it's, it's disgusting. And it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's being poor is expensive, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah you get, you get fined for being poor. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, we've, we've created societies that, uh, that, that hate poor people and want them to die. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's the reality we're living with. So have a great day. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh should we end it there yes <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to read, how to how do how do we wrap this up at this point yeah um well i have an idea i have an idea okay.
we will wrap it up using a prayer. Yes, we'll do it. We'll go out with a okay. prayer. I've never done this before. I love it. Okay, what, no, what, what would be a cool prayer? Oh, I know it'd be a cool prayer. This uh, this one, one in, there's a prayer in here. In, uh, oh, yeah. In, in, in Enochian Evocation of Dr. John D. One of the best books uh, by Jeffrey James well, by, on Enochian magic period. And we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll, we'll say a prayer. This is a this is a great prayer. Anyone doing Enochian magic should be saying this prayer three times a day. It's not it's not super short, but it's not super long. All right. Actually, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's the invocation, right? You we want we want to. Uh... No, this is this is not the invocation. This is not the invocation, but the the one that's okay. The here we go. The work. Oh Hang Lord! On. Oh Lord! Oh Lord, is there any who is mortal that can measure the heavens? How therefore can the heavens enter into man's imagination? Thy creatures are the glory of thy countenance, and thereby thou glorifiest all things. But this glory excelleth and is far above my understanding. It is great wisdom to speak with kings according to one's understanding, but to command kings is not wisdom unless it come from thee that's good so mode it be so mode it be thanks for being on magic without fears brother thank you well, have you back anytime and uh hopefully i'll see you next sunday for a little celtic mysteries fairy magic celebration if not people can uh can can still register and get access to the replay that's that information and nothing done on those three hours of of celtic celebration will ever be released publicly um but you will be able to get it in the future by paying for it. So you can pay less now or pay more later to access it because the Celtic mysteries need support. And I'm pouring a lot of work into that. So folks, check that out as well at demonescasmiverses.com. Well, you can also get it at Hermetic Mystery School, but that's got the, the higher price point. So the other page will change soon today. But yeah, demonesdeusinversus.com. That's D-E-M-O-N-E-S-T. D-E-U-S-I-N-V-E-R-S-U-S dot com, the magical motto of W.B. Yeats. Um, and thanks for listening. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature, as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk that's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. HermeticScienceEnterprises.co.uk